Hey there guys, and welcome back to the Travis and Damien Podcast, episode 86, we're available on anchor.fm slash Travis Damien Podcast, along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. First, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Workplace story, then we'll talk about our recent activities in gaming and anime, including Overwatch 2 and Horimiya. Afterwards, our thoughts on the Moon Knight season finale. Next, a whole bunch of news in gaming and entertainment, including PlayStation, Twitch, Sonic Prime, and many more. Lastly, our thoughts on the Washington Post story on TSM. So, first, uh, it looks like the Nintendo Workplace story has escalated a bit. Uh, yep. <laughs> a lot faster than I think either of us really expected, but it seems like former people and current people have sort of come out and spoke to different outlets, including IGN and the Washington Post. So, yeah, it is uh, pretty much the way Nintendo is treating these employees is that the contractors are taking on workloads as much as full-time employees, and they are also uh, treated as, I believe, the way they describe it as second-class citizens, which obviously, in any workplace, you do not want to be treated like that, whether you're a contractor, seasonal, whatever the case is. Obviously, everyone wants to be treated as a human being. So it sucks that Nintendo of America, in particular, is doing these to their employees. And Reggie, who also spoke in both articles, uh, sort of was like, yeah, when I was there, that was a that wasn't a thing. <laughs> so I'm not exactly sure what happened between now and then. Obviously, he doesn't know either, but something must have happened where stuff was going down. I believe the IGN story was talking about how the Wii U and the 3DS, those were sort of fumbles in Nintendo's eyes, and I'm pretty sure in, in everyone's eyes, just because it wasn't selling well and Nintendo's profits obviously also plummeted exponentially because of the Wii U. So that obviously had to be a factor in there but either way it's definitely not okay to be doing this to people that love nintendo that want to work for your company and the fact that we have seen many people step away from the company working for them including uh what's their names uh the goddamn nintendo minute people it's in the ign article I'm oh, yeah, to scroll. Yeah, yeah. uh yang and alice those two people yeah. uh those were pretty much uh uh, Kit and Krista, if I could be more specific with the first names, those were people that people thought were going to stick with Nintendo for as long as possible, but obviously they branched off and now they're doing their own stuff, I believe. So, yeah, not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, basically in the IGN article, it's actually a really good read if you want to, like, anyone wants to learn more about all this. Um, Basically, like they said, the Wii U and the 3DS were both like pretty like bad <laughs> in terms of sales, <laughs> especially compared to the uh, DS and the Wii. Um, and that's probably what Reggie was talking about because you know he was mostly during that era of Nintendo. Like you know he you know he had a lot of the Wii U and stuff um, to deal with as well. But for the most part, they were experiencing that like big boom with the DS and Wii, where they were just like making billions of dollars or millions of dollars <laughs> and stuff like they could hire a bunch of full-time employees and not really worry about it too much um but you know ever since the 3ds and wii u uh in the article it says that they were just like sort of uh not laying off people but were kind of like pressuring people to retire more um they were hiring a lot more contractors and not really full-timers because you know you have to give them benefits and whatnot uh, you know that comes with the the perks of being a full-time employee in a lot of places um so I guess Nintendo just thought it was more, it was easier to just have a bunch of contractors doing their work for them and just have less full-time people so they don't have to, like, you know, deal with all the benefits and all that because that's more costly. Um, and I guess, you know, even though the Switch has been more, or it's probably going to out 
pace the Wii at some point, I would think so. Yeah. Um, uh, you would think they would have another big boom with a bunch of more full-time employees coming in because uh, apparently they need it. <laughs> the article also <laughs> said, um, you know, like localization, they need more full-timers and stuff, but Nintendo just isn't doing it. And I guess that's because Nintendo is just scared of another failure where they have to, like, actually lay off people this time and they keep hiring people. So it's like, okay, we just get contractors forever <laughs> and make them do our work. Uh, so obviously that hasn't been great because all these contractors have been working like full-time employees without any of the benefits, you know? So, yeah, it's been leading to a lot of frustration with um, a lot of these employees as, you know, as Travis said, they're being treated like second-class citizens because they get, like, no benefits or anything, so. Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure why that is still going, whether it's because of people that are running the company or whatever culture that they have there, but it is crazy to me that, they just don't want to hire more people despite the fact that they obviously need it if i was working in this in this environment whether it's at nintendo or you know my current job if if something like this would have happened i I would just fucking quit whatever like this shit (laughs) this shit is not worth it not worth it for your mental health the the money that you're getting paid and shit like that like people want to be treated like people and i think that that's what i believe jen said at the end of the article who was Mm -hmm. a former uh, contractor slash employee at Nintendo who wanted a full-time position for so so long but she just never got it and the crazy thing was was when she was in an interview and she had to leave due to it, the death of her sister the interviewer said attendance issues and I'm like that's uh it's kind of shitty yeah. bro <laughs> like, like what the fuck you know, I, I think that's an issue we're seeing. Uh, I, you know, we see a lot with the gaming stuff, but it's like a big thing everywhere. Mostly in tech uh, that I notice that, um, you know, these workplace environments just run you to the ground. Uh, if it's either with like the with the harassment, like with Activision and Blizzard, or with like the overworkedness of like uh, Nintendo or a lot of the other companies that just like work you to the ground. Um, you know, it's like a big issue with a lot of these places. And, you know, it, it could be that Nintendo is more of a Japanese thing. So they have higher expectations for workers as in like never take breaks or anything, which is still really bad. <laughs> yeah. Because Japan has whole other issues. But, um, you know, as Americans, you know, I can only speak for what we should be like, you know, standardizing being unions and stuff. And, you know, if someone wants to, you know, take like a week off either for themselves or for some unrelated issue, like maybe an illness or something else. And they should be able to do that with no questions asked, uh, at least in my opinion. Uh, and unions should just be standard throughout, like, everywhere. Because, <laughs> you know, they, they help, like, a, a ton with, like, worker rights and stuff. So, yeah, this is definitely a big issue that hopefully Nintendo will fix. And basically just need to hire more full-time, like, people. And, like, these contractors that have been working for years and years, they should just be full-time people with, like, all the benefits that come with it. So, and, you know, it's no excuse because Nintendo has been doing so well lately. So, yeah. it just makes them look bad. Yeah, they have all the money and the resources to do so, but it seems like that they just don't want to for whatever reason. And I think that it's crazy that the, like, translator and editors, I believe the IGN article cites, is yeah. that, like, most of them are contractors. And I'm like, don't you just need those people, like, on staff at full-time or some shit, you know? Because... The games are coming from Japan, so you kind of need people who know Japanese and who can translate them efficiently and in a fast enough turnaround time that the games aren't, you know, as delayed or released at the same time as Japan and shit like that. Um, Yeah, and one thing that I also found really weird uh, 
obviously because they're contractors compared to full-time employees that like they just treat them differently and like they're not able to participate in like everything and the fact that one manager had a fight for the contractors to participate in an lgbtq sort of pride uh parade thing yeah. that they weren't able to participate i'm like what the hell this shit seems so harmless and so like sort of you know if you want to participate to participate in it like if that's something that you feel passionate about and especially since because the person that wanted to participate was a person of color and also part of the lgbtq community meanwhile you know she was like you know this is like this white woman and this yeah. white guy and i'm like god shit <laughs> yeah it looks it, it, it that looks really bad so yeah. and, uh, according to her that was like the one and only time that they sort of coincided with each other in an activity which it's crazy to me, but obviously, um, Reggie, when, when he was talking about with his time at Nintendo, he, he recalled, especially in the Washington Post video, was like, uh, he didn't describe the contractors as contractors. I believe he said associates or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he made sure that they were treated just as much, you know, fairly as the full-time employees were. So, you know, obviously, it's his word against ours. We don't know, exactly know how much of that is true, but it definitely sucks to see that Nintendo as a company is being exposed like this and people are definitely gonna think twice now when they buy a Nintendo game because I'm definitely thinking like that now I'm not exactly sure if I'm gonna buy Kirby you know I haven't bought it yet but I'm not exactly sure if I'm gonna buy it now we'll see I definitely want to play it and try it out but you know with everything that's going on it it does make me a little hesitant to buy Nintendo products but you know I'm I'm definitely gonna be eating my words within the next episode 100% I feel it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I I understand that like it's um you know it's just crazy that we haven't heard anything bad about Nintendo until now um and obviously this has been happening for like a while now but uh it's pretty crazy how tight-lipped they were you know like just making sure employees like either don't leak things or like just make sure it's like, oh, we're, we're fine. Everything's fine. Because Nintendo's always been a pretty, um, pretty secretive company in terms of, like, mm-hmm. figuring out the inner workings. Like, we'd, like, you know, a lot of the gaming companies, we know how they work. We know what studios they have. Like, Nintendo's always been really, like, aloof with that stuff. It always been, like, kind of distant. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess the only good thing about this is at least there's no sexual allegations yet. <laughs> but oh, that's a really, really low bar at this point. So, um, yeah, they definitely need better working conditions. And um, hopefully this, like, pressures Nintendo to, like, actually, like, you know, support these contractors and make them to full-time employees. Because, um, you know, especially because they've been working so hard, like, you know, the games have been, you know, making and the localizations especially have been, like, really great lately. And um, a lot of these games come out the same time as the Japan, like, you know, there used to be a time, you know, where uh, the NA release used to be, like, at least a year or, like, a few months apart from the Japanese releases. But now everything's worldwide. And, you know, I feel like the localization teams definitely need, like, more support and more pay because <laughs> they do a good job. You know, localization is great in Nintendo games, you know, make me laugh sometimes. And they just come out really fast. So if they're getting treated like garbage, that seems really, like, bad. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and uh, the IGN article once again cites that the Pokemon company, you know, they yeah. do this very frequently where they convert contractors to full-time, which, you know, obviously Nintendo could do that, but they just seem very reluctant on it. And like you said, the whole secretive thing, that's just part of Nintendo's brand, I guess, with them being very much in their own corner, doing their own thing, not really talking to anybody. But at the same time, it's like, the fuck's going on, guys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is pretty, like... um, 
I guess, disheartening. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like with all the things going on, we kind of should suspect every company to just be kind of oh, awful at this point. Yeah. So, like, I, I think it's kind of arrogant. Oh, not my Nintendo. I mean, yeah, of course it's going to be, like, kind of like this, too. It's just, like, how it is, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, it, it, it just kind of breeds into a whole another issue where we just need to make unions more standardized and, like... Uh, these big tech companies really do need to like you know we need to regulate them a little more and stuff but that's like a whole other thing (laughs) that's (laughs) like them them more accountable and shit like that but yeah yeah uh what what the fuck was the thought that i just had god damn oh when when that like news article came out about like uh animal crossing new horizons was like yeah you know we're not gonna do crunch and people like yeah yeah and now it's like well you've seen your uh contractors like shit so (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's like every time nintendo says something good then there's probably going to be something we don't even know about that's been happening behind the scenes which again really unfortunate i mean i i i, I don't know if they're really doing crunch but it has been like they just haven't been getting like i guess uh you know what they should be getting so whatever same difference is they all being treated badly so <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah, very interesting. Uh, I hope I can read Reggie's book sometime this summer because yeah. it's supposed to be like a memoir thing and hopefully a lot of insight about his work at at Nintendo, which should be uh, a good read. So hopefully I'll read that uh, later this summer. But yeah, uh, anything else you got to say on this story, Damien, before we get into our recent activities? No, but um, hopefully Nintendo actually does, you know, do something about this. Because, I, I mean, I don't think they will. Because Nintendo has never been one to budge with, like, public discourse. I don't think it like, would oh, ever. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> unless, unless like, uh, you know, state and government agencies sort of come in. Yeah. Because, like, the way that they're treating contractors is 100% not okay and, like, is against the law. So <laughs> Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know? yeah, unless it's, like, actual legal ramifications, then they will. But if it's just, like, the internet's mad at them, they probably won't care, which is, like, yeah. very unfortunate. But... That's kind of just how they work. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about our recent activities. Uh, I'll go first, actually. Yeah, so very interesting. Um, I started playing League a little bit. <laughs> These Whoa. past two days, I've played some Whoa. League just crazy. by myself for fun. Wow, um, that's even crazier. Yeah. Um, I was actually having fun. I was actually enjoying myself. Um, I'm not necessarily relearning the game. I guess I kind of am because, like, there's a whole bunch of new items and shit like that and, like, runes and, like, what's different and, like, what's good and shit like that. But I'm having fun because, like, I'm just, like, not caring when I'm going into these ranked games. Just, like, all right, if someone's going to be an asshole and be, like, tilted, yeah. like, whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. If someone someone ends, yeah, you know, like, it's just a bad game because, like, my, my investment isn't as highly as, like, these people are. So I get it. But, you know, just having fun. Uh, try to play some TFT. Uh, that didn't go so well. Um, but good thing I can't demote out of platinum. So I'm going to just wait for the new set to come out and then we'll go from there. Cause like at this point, I don't know what the fuck's good and like shit like that. So, uh, but Valorant, Valorant's still fun. I, I very much enjoy playing that game. Um, yeah. And when I play competitive with my girlfriend, it is, it is always very, very funny. Cause we just get very interesting teammates and I'm just out here fucking yelling and screaming. And she's like, calm down, calm down. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> probably should, you know tone the gamer rage down a little bit but it's fine um but yeah um now for some manga and anime shit uh so everything you're gonna see is backwards because i got the webcam but you know i've been reading more horimiya i'm on volume 13 i'm like halfway through it uh it's still fun and enjoyable i actually rewatched uh the anime because i wanted to show it to my girlfriend as well and she enjoyed it she found it to be very cute because 
it is a slice of life romance comedy that very much gets to the point where the two main characters get together very very quickly within the Whoa, anime so crazy yeah i know right so <laughs> you know if you want to get into horimiya i would definitely recommend watching the, the anime first despite them jumping around between chapters and shit like that and not exactly being like a faithful adaptation if you will it's still a very good watch and i think that um, it still holds up, and I honestly appreciate it uh, way more now that I've read uh, a lot of the manga at this point. So, um, next thing I got is Kaiju number eight. I read volume two. Uh, this is a great uh, fucking manga. It is so funny and uh, very much action packed still. Um, if I had to compare it to a current ongoing shonen, I guess Jujutsu Kaisen in a sense, but it's definitely leaning more towards the comedy aspect. Um, I've seen people compare it to Tag on Titan, which I don't think that's that's a good comparison in my opinion. But Kaiju number eight, yeah, if you want a new shonen to read, uh, definitely check it out, uh, especially if you like kaijus. Um, Teaser Master Tagaki-san, Volume 14. Uh, pretty much, uh, yeah, 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 classic, classic, classic for me. Uh, pretty much just more of what Season 3 adapted, so I pretty much knew what was going to happen. But still, enjoyed it. Uh, and then Boys Run the Riot, this is a LGBTQ uh, sort of friendly storyline about uh, this boy trying to uh, grow a clothing brand and they uh, stumble across some other kids from their high school, their part-time job, and uh, it's pretty much them trying to figure out who they are as a person, and I think that it handles that sort of storyline and those elements very, very well. Uh, so I enjoy it. Uh, there's only four volumes to it, so it's actually pretty short, so I will hopefully finish it by next episode, but Boys Run the Riot, uh, if you want to read a story about um, LGBTQ characters and them trying to figure out what it means to discover themselves, if you will, I think that this story does it very, very well. Now for anime, uh, Kashi, uh, Kashigato. Uh, this is the anime that I talked about last episode about uh, this hentai artist or this uh, naughty mangaka, and uh, he's trying to hide it from his daughter. And still the same old, uh, you know, funny, goofy laughs and shit like that uh, throughout the the uh, eleven episodes. And then episode twelve got really real, like that shit. <laughs> That shit got crazy. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, (laughs) But it all wraps up in the end. Not going to say if it's good or bad, but um, the final episode was probably like one of the best finales I've seen in in a 12 to 13 episode anime in in a while. Uh, So that's honestly like when I was watching the show, I was definitely feeling that it was like a seven out of 10 show. Like it's good, but it's not like something that I would like recommend like at a heartbeat if you want to watch something that's uh, comedy based slice of life sort of thing. Because like, most of the jokes didn't land in my opinion but some of them were kind of funny and goofy when i was like into it uh but the final episode honestly bumped it up like a whole ass point because it was just it was just fucking amazing i was like the way that they wrapped this shit up perfect um but yeah uh if you want to watch it you can uh not necessarily uh you know recommending it but it is on crunchyroll now because it, it was on funimation exclusively uh, Comey Part 2 is now uh, on Netflix. It is coming out weekly. Uh, and yeah, I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah. <laughs> <My Lord>. uh, <laughs> you know, they are they're just pumping out more Comey. Uh, obviously, <laughs> just like last time that it was on Netflix, it is behind slightly from the Japanese release. So I'm, you know, just going to wait for Netflix to release those episodes. But still good. Uh, it's pretty much just Comey 
uh, season one, part two, if you will. But, you know, they're just calling it Comey Can't Communicate Part Two. You know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, still more of the same. Enjoying it. Uh, if you guys don't know what Comey Can't Communicate is, it's about this girl named Comey who can't talk because she has really, really bad social anxiety, uh, if that's how I could put it. Uh, then the last thing I started to watch because I finished uh, Kashigato, uh, hopefully I pronounced that right. I probably didn't. Uh, Ranking of Kings. This is an anime that was really, really hyped up last season and I didn't watch it. So I was like, okay, what the fuck is up with Ranking of Kings? Um, and it is great, honestly. Like after watching the first four episodes now, um, I am really enjoying it. There's 23, so hopefully that by the end of it, I am 100% like in love with it. I love Boji Boji as a character. Um, I didn't know much about it, so I'm not gonna give away too much. But well, uh, what is it though? Like, is it a? Uh, uh, it's like pretty much about uh, this boy um who isn't that good but he uh is the next person in line to become king so obviously there's like politics involved there's like a tragic backstory with certain characters yeah you know like it looks like like honestly the the fucking animation is beautiful it looks like a paper mario sort of like thing um that's sweet okay and uh yeah the the sort of uh themes are darker than usual um than something that you would see with a show that looks like this um and i am really enjoying it i fucking i love all of these characters you know they are all flawed within their own ways and i am very much uh, eager to see how the story progresses because you know there are 23 episodes and the manga is still going so you know i wonder if we're gonna get a season two or what have you but hopefully that by the end of it i am i am in love with it because like i said it looks beautiful uh the the storyline so far is pretty good and the uh the characters are you know fun and enjoy- and enjoyable to watch so yeah, that I've sounds good. That, <laughs> um, Definitely guess, recommend uh, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that sounds like something I would like, honestly. So yeah, that yeah, I, I never even heard of that. <laughs> All right, so uh, for my stuff, uh, so uh, I got COVID <laughs> like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So I was kind of a little, you know, a little out of it. So uh, I actually did play it quite a bit though because I finished my finals. You know, it, it was a pretty busy, you know, few weeks, but mm-hmm. I was able to play kind of a lot of stuff. Uh, first one is something I totally forgot what was happening. Uh, was the Overwatch Two beta? So um, I wasn't like invited through like the email thing because um, I didn't sign up for it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But when I came home from like my last final, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna sit down, like relax. And then I saw on Twitch, it was like people were streaming. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll watch a bit. And then they were doing the Twitch drop thing mm-hmm. um, where it was only like an eight-hour window. And you had to watch a stream for like four hours to get it. So it was like a really tight window. And I was just in the right place at the right time, I guess. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just leave in my other monitor while I'll do something else. Uh, you know, I watched a little bit, but I wasn't watching like the full four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got the drop and I played it. Uh, and, you know, th- this has been like really mixed with a lot of people. Um, no, I think Donkey did a video and just shout. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess in terms of me, I, I, the big changes is that it's now 5v5 instead of 6v6. Um, so the original format for Overwatch was two tanks, two healers, and two DPS. Um, now it's only one tank and then two healers, two DPS. Um, and as a result, the game is a lot more aggressive now. Uh, as in healers probably get dive a lot more than they usually would because there's less shields. I mean, overall, there's less shields in general. Um, which I kind of like uh, in the original Overwatch, like everyone had a fucking shield and you were just <laughs> shooting shields most of the time. Uh, they rebalance a lot of the tanks. Uh, I think Reinhardt's shield is uh, not as strong anymore. Arista's completely reworked, so just, she doesn't even have a shield anymore. Uh, Doomfist is a tank now and he, he also doesn't have a shield. He kind of just blocks for himself. Um, so yeah, the game is geared to be a lot more aggressive now. 
Uh, just with the five v five twos, like you could, you know, you just go in more. And tanks are just they just do a lot more damage. They're more aggressive with their their reworks and stuff. And um, overall, I I kind of like it. Uh, I know some. And I played support for a good bit of this. Um, and a lot of people saying supports are very weak right now, and that they get dove a lot. Uh, I don't know. I was fine. <laughs> I, I didn't feel like I was dying as much as I thought I was. Um, like, I don't know. I, I, I personally didn't get, I mean, I played Lucio and I know he doesn't get affected as much with these things cause he's like really good. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know for me, kind of felt the same <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, <laughs> like seeing one less person is kind of nice or I guess two less people while like a bunch of alts happening at once. Um, alts also charge a bit slower cause tanks don't give you as much, uh, alt charge as they used to do. Um, but yeah, basically the 5v5, some people are going to like it. Some people hate it. I'm kind of like indifferent about it. I'm going to have to wait and see until like people are actually like better at the game again. I mean, I'm not even, I wasn't even that good at the game. <laughs> to begin with. I was like, I was like platinum. So yeah. like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like that big of a deal, but, um, you know, I'm not like the end all be all with overwatch skill, whatever. But, um, you know, I, I'm going to have to wait and see. Some people saying, oh, I hate it so much or, oh, I love it so much. It's definitely like, I, I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do like a lot of reworks uh, they did with the heroes. Um, you know, Arissa, uh, she used to just be a pretty generic tank. She had like a shield, a machine gun, uh, and like that's it. <laughs> she didn't really have too much that really like unified her. Now she has like a spear, so she could like throw her spear and like impale people on the wall, which is pretty sick. Um, how all it's like a big helicopter thing. She like sucks people in and puts the thing down. Um, and she feels a lot better. I, I definitely like Arissa a lot now. Um, they I, they changed uh, who else they did? Oh, Bastion. Bastion got reworked. He could. Um, he doesn't turn to like a turret anymore. You can like move around as like an ability now, and his alt is now like artillery strikes. It like like a mortar. Like he's really fun now too. Um, they also reworked someone else kind of a lot. I'm forgetting, but yeah, there was a bunch of tiny little reworks, and uh, for the most part, I think they're, they're pretty good. I like a lot of character balance. Um, the new hero feels a little weak. Uh, Soldierin, she's like. Um, she, she doesn't have a hit scan weapon. It, it kind of feels like soldier's weapon, but it's like like projectiles that shoot really fast. So it's kind of awkward to aim with her. But mm-hmm. um, the whole point is you're supposed to shoot a lot and you get like a charge and then you can shoot like a rail gun, which is like a like a hit scan type thing. And that's fun. Uh, her ult kind of sucks, though. You just kind of get a bunch of like rail gun shots. Um, originally, she was supposed to get like a giant laser, which looked cooler, but I guess that didn't happen. <laughs> um but yeah, overall, it's still Overwatch. I mean, I, I liked Overwatch a lot when I played it. It was probably like the last competitive game I kind of got into. Um, and, you know, I I, I kind of just want more content because that's kind of <laughs> the whole thing with this uh, game is that a lot of people are upset that's basically the same. And it is. <laughs> um, I, I mean, they did say that in BlizzCon. I don't want to defend it that much because I'm, I'm still like kind of mixed on it as well. I, I said this shouldn't be a sequel to Overwatch. It should have just been updates this whole time. But um, they did say the PvP part of the game was supposed to just be like basically the same game, just with new heroes and maps and stuff. Uh, and the real new content was the PvE portion of the game, which is what they're really focusing on for the sequel. Like the, That's the whole reason they made the whole new engine and stuff. Um, but honestly, they should have just opened up with like a PVE beta. Like, show what's new with Overwatch. Like, show what you've been working on for like all these years and stuff, and like get more faith into the players and be like, oh, this is really different. That mm-hmm. being this PV like P beta with only one new hero and some changes that some people don't even like. That's gonna you know make you get clowned on, especially after <laughs> all the shit Blizzard has been doing over the years. Like, I feel like they kind of needed this to be a bit more of a success than anything. 
Um, but I, I do have feelings that this beta will change a lot from release. Cause, uh, and I know a lot of AAA games have came out recently, and the betas have been basically the same thing. But as someone that did play the Overwatch 1 beta when that came out like in 2015-16, um, a lot of things did change from beta to release, at least character balance-wise. I, I think 5v5 is going to stick around, because I think too much balance is the right focus on that. But uh, a lot of character abilities, or if you think a character is too overpowered, I think that will get changed. Like, Bastion used to have, like, a shield, like, when he went to turret form, which was, like, outrageous, and they changed <laughs> that. So, but I definitely think, like, stuff like that will get changed. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, it's it's Overwatch. Uh, I can't really say much more. Hopefully, they add more. They, they, they really do need to add a lot more to this to make it feel like it's worthwhile. I mean, it's free if you have Overwatch or Ravi. Uh, it's like a free upgrade, but yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna play more betas to get uh, to like see what's going on with it. But right now, it's still fun because I liked Overwatch to begin with. But yeah, that's about that. Um, so yeah, so Lego Star Wars. So I kind of <laughs> bought this because yeah, again, I was COVID and I didn't feel like sitting at my computer. I felt like playing something like you know on my couch, and mm-hmm. I was, it was either this or Elden Ring. I'm, I'm not gonna play Elden Ring when I'm like, <laughs> like sick. So um, I'm gonna get Lego Star Wars because I heard it was good. And yeah, it's like a it's a ton of fun. I did all the prequels, and I'm starting the original trilogy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think the game is a lot of fun. The um, I get, I have no basis on this. I think I talked about this last time. I, I never really played a Legos game before. Mm-hmm. I think I played like one, and that's about it. So I can't really comment on how like different it. Is. I mean, I, I kind of can because I kind of got the gist of the other Lego games, but like I can't tell you like I'm a long time fan or anything because I'm not. <laughs> um, but just from what I'm playing, it's like a really great recreation of these movies and stuff. Like the game. I know the older Lego games were more linear um, in terms of how they were. Like, you would just go through levels and a bunch of puzzles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Lego game is basically an open-world game, right? So you have, like, your your hub. Wherever, like, planet you're on has a big hub area with a bunch of collectibles and stuff. And then you do story missions. I think there's five story missions for each movie. So they don't take that long. I think it's, like, an hour and a half per movie or two hours, like, per movie. So it's not yeah. too long if you're just going through the story. But, uh, like, basically the main gameplay is exploring all the planets and stuff. And I think they've done a great job. I think a lot of the planets look really good. Um, it basically feels like an open-world uh, 3D platformer, basically. Like, it feels like a Mario Odyssey or something where you just collect these kyber bricks everywhere, which are basically, like, stars. And you can use that to upgrade your characters, get a bunch of, like, money to buy more characters, do side missions to get, you know, more ships and <laughs> characters. You know, it's all about unlocking shit. So I know, like, Lego is big on that, just unlocking everything, dopamine, like, mm-hmm. game like money <laughs> um and it does that really well i actually really enjoy this like it, it feels like a 3d platformer with lego character uh, with uh star wars characters and mm-hmm. it's like really cool uh i like that part a lot the story missions are a lot of fun too uh, i actually like the cutscenes a lot uh i know some people don't like the voice acting in lego games but i i think they're funny like they're not like laugh out loud funny but they, they made me chuckle pretty consistently which is nice uh they really especially the prequels they definitely riffed on them a lot like they really mm-hmm. go ham on the on the memes which is cool but uh yeah i i just been enjoying myself a lot i think the game looks great uh it performs okay i'm playing on ps5 and there's some parts where like stutters kind of a little too much for like a lego game (laughs) i I know it's because the engine is like a custom-made engine so like that's probably why it's like that uh but yeah no the game is a ton of fun if you like star wars and just want to re-experience these movies like in like a fun cartoony way then this is the way to go i i'm really enjoying myself um and it's funny because i've never watched episode eight or nine and this is probably oh, my first time <laughs> experiencing those movies is through lego oh, form no, so. not the lego joke <laughs> so yeah that's gonna be fun um I, I probably i probably am gonna rewatch the movies at some point it's been a while but yeah lego star wars is, it's a good time but i'm really enjoying it 
Um, yeah, I think uh, by next podcast episode we could talk about it more because I'm gonna start playing it this Sunday. So yeah, yeah, it's a ton of fun. I know it's co-op too. So like, yeah, if, yeah, if you want to play with her, you know, you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's fun. Probably uh, will. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, so next big game, uh, Rogue Legacy Two. Uh, this is probably the big roguelite of this year because uh, everyone's talking about it now. Um, the game actually came out early access two years ago, which is crazy. Um, Holy shit! I bought it. I bought it when it, it came out in early access, but only played a little bit of it because I don't like playing games in early access because I feel like I burn myself out too much, and then like I don't want to play it when the full release comes out. So I kind of just buy it. I'm like, here's my money. You know, make something cool. I know you'll make something cool because the first one was good, mm-hmm. and that's about it. So I didn't touch it for like two years until it came out. Uh, I done the first boss. That's all I've done so far. And yeah, the game is really fun. So I actually have been the first Rogue Legacy when it came out like in 2013 or something. Like it's been a really long time. Yeah, the game's and, old. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's really old at this point. And I-, I loved it. You know, it was one of the first roguelites I think that had that. Um, I-, I don't know what you call it, but that-, that progression where you could keep upgrading yourself per run. Because most roguelites like Isaac or Gungeon, you get like unlocks for like later runs, but you don't get like. Um, stat increases or things to make your runs easier like usually that's not really a thing in other roguelites but this game was one of the first ones that did and then hades did that even more hard like later because um hades like made (laughs) that game could be really easy you just keep upgrading yourself um roguelite isn't as easy like with that like you know you could still upgrade yourself and be stronger than you were if you didn't have any upgrades but uh, i don't think it's as ridiculous as hades was with that but um basically it's a 2d side scroller you explore uh around like the different biomes you could get different metrovania type upgrades permanent uh during some runs uh and of course during the run you can get like different like i think they're called relics that are basically like your items and other roguelites to help your runs uh better you know you know you do you do better in your run um <laughs> and the whole gimmick of it is when you die you could pick your next sort of like uh air to like the run so you would pick like uh three random characters you know they would have uh different character classes that random and usually they have some kind of like debuff or buff on them that either makes your run harder or easier. Um, you know, the benefits of having, you know, more overpowered perks is, you know, obviously the runs are easier. But if you handicap yourself, you actually get more gold per run so you could get more upgrades to make runs easier. So it's like a whole nice feedback loop that feels really good. Um, and just in terms of gameplay itself, I think the gameplay feels a lot better than the first game. You could do like this little pogo stick spin kick thing, like DuckTales or something. Uh, so that, that can make some really unique platforming segments, and um, it's just fun to bounce around enemies and stuff. You know, there's a lot more abilities now, a lot more character classes, you know, just Rogue Legacy 1, but there's a lot more of everything, and I think the combat is a lot more fluid. Um, obviously, I need to play a lot more of it. I only done the first boss, so I'm not, like, an expert yet, <laughs> but um, I'll be sure to talk about a lot more in the next podcast uh, once I probably won't finish it by then, but uh, I'll hopefully be closer. Uh, but yeah, a ton of fun right now. And the last thing uh, is another roguelike that I've never heard of till like, last week because i saw like germa playing it and apparently this <laughs> thing has like ninety thousand reviews on steam like overwhelmingly Holy positive <laughs> so it's called vampire survivors uh this is like a very generic looking thing i'm like what is this i, I saw germa playing it i'm like all right whatever but uh basically it's if tft was a roguelite and you could like move around that, that's basically what it is so you move around a bunch of enemies come towards you and your character your character auto shoots things for you so like you never have to fight like for yourself uh when enemy dies you collect xp orbs and then you could select three different items that show up and these items kind of works like tft where you could pick one and then it could sort of 
combined into another item with another thing so you can make like an evolution of an item and that's how you get your big boy items to like clear a run basically and it's like you gotta survive for 30 minutes you do that and then you win and you get like a bunch of gold and you can upgrade and unlock more stuff and it's really fun like it's like <laughs> it sounds really boring but tft also sounds boring until you actually play it right like you know you gain these item combinations maybe you find something that's like something you haven't done before is like, okay i'll try that out uh, just finding out all the yeah, like finding all the different item combinations, all the secrets because there's a bunch of secrets to find and characters to unlock. Uh, it's just pure dopamine and gives you that TFT rush in like a roguelite setting while like competing with other people. I guess um, it's a really good idea for a game. And apparently, the creator has been updating the game like crazy. Um, it's still in early access right now, but like the content it has is like pretty pretty substantial. It feels like a full game of Ravi. He just like keep adding stuff to it at this point. Um, so yeah, definitely give it a try if you like, you know, sort of like roguelites or like, uh, I guess, uh, like auto battler type deals. Because it's it's something I didn't think would mesh together well, but it really does. I, I think this is a great idea for a genre, just auto battling roguelites. So hopefully this like picks up more steam, we get more updates and maybe see other games like it. Because uh, it's a good idea. I, I've been enjoying it a lot. So that's all I've been doing. Uh, is the game free or... No, it's like $3. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, the game is like $3, and it has like a crap ton of value. I think I have like eight hours in it, I mean, I, I, okay. I have like not even a quarter of the, the unlock. So, yeah, I, I think it's a ton of fun. I, I like it a lot. Okay, well, that game definitely looked interesting from the Twitch streams I was clicking through. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now let's talk about Moon Knight and the episode five and six and the overall season as a whole. So uh obviously like when i was going into this i was like no way this shit gonna be daredevil like daredevil <laughs> daredevil on a fucking other level honestly so if they were able to pull it off i was gonna be very very surprised and sort of applaud them for it so oh by the way this is gonna be spoilers yeah just spoilers um, yeah <laughs> overall this season yeah it's kind of what i expected sort of of a uh of a vigilante character but it was doing like the mcu thing where they were going to like multiple different areas and i thought it would be a lot more grounded than it was supposed to be but it, you know there was just cosmic shit with the egyptian gods and like we're in egypt and now we're in some other world and a whole bunch of other stuff and by the end of it i was like okay like that was fine. I'm not exactly sure if I hate it necessarily, but um, I'm not exactly a huge fan of this Moon Knight adaptation because I feel like the character has a lot more potential than what we were shown slash given. Obviously, like episode five, where we learn a lot more of Steven and Mark's backstory, how like Mark created Steven as like a sort of like alternate personality kind of thing. That was kind of cool and learning their history and their past and everything like that like i enjoyed that stuff but it was like by the end of it i was like all right i guess i guess we beat the bad guy you know like <laughs> um i actually like really really liked the last two episodes um like i i thought episode five was one of like one of my more favorite like mm -hmm. mcu like moments or at least character moments uh, i think episode six still felt a little too short <laughs> like mm -hmm. um you know, I think that's just an issue all these shows are going to have at this point. Uh, like, they just feel like they need one more episode, or at least, like, a longer episode. Like, the final episode was, like, I feel like 10 minutes shorter than, like, the, the other episodes. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like they, like, uh, this is, like, the standard origin story for, like, a character, right? Like, it, it wasn't more about the bad guy, I felt, because the bad guy was whatever, and the mm -hmm. evil god, like, I didn't really care too much about them too much. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, it was mostly about, like, Mark and Steven, 
and like um Khonshu at this point um than anything else like i felt like that was the strongest part of the show is what i really liked about it like that's why i, I like the first two episodes so much because they focus a lot on like that aspect of it like it was being like well what's going on or like you know his whole multiple personality thing and stuff mm-hmm. um you know that's why i didn't like the middle two episodes too much like episode four was okay but i th- felt like three was like low over the place but the last two episodes, I think, focus a lot on what I kind of liked about the show, especially mm-hmm. episode five. I think episode five was actually, like, amazing. <laughs> I really yeah. liked episode five a lot um, because it went so deep into, like, his character. Well, I guess their characters at this point and how he deals with trauma and stuff. And I, I do like that his uh, mental illness isn't, like, like um, wasn't, like, a supernatural thing. Like, it was just kind of a thing that, you know, that would develop in a person after situations like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't like Conchu like gave it to him or something. Um, at least that's what you know. I, I, at least I don't think so. <laughs> but judging from this, um, but yeah, I thought episode five was fantastic. Honestly, like it definitely was like my favorite thing. And like Oscar Isaac, like yo, give this man like a reward. <laughs> like, oh, like yeah. I think he did a great job as as Moon Knight and just switching the personalities and stuff for uh, Mark and Steven. Like uh, even you know, obviously the voice is the big thing to separate them. But like I felt like even like their face structure looks like a little different. Like Mark. Like has like that more stoic looking face, and Steven has like the more baby. Face. I don't know how he did that, but like to me, it looked like, like yeah, I don't know. That was crazy. Um, but yeah, episode five was definitely the standout, and I think. Um, but my favorite parts in episode six was when like they were switching between each other. Like they finally have like this harmony together, and they could learn mm-hmm. to live with each other. I don't know. I thought that stuff was like really good, but um, I kind of agree with you. But the villain was kind of like whatever. Like I didn't really care <laughs> by the end of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I have to like rewatch the show to like get like a better understanding and sort of more collective thoughts on it. But I don't know. I felt like watching it week to week was kind of like, all right, let's see, let's see what, what Moon Knight's doing. Like, I, by far, episode five was like the best episode just because we learned so much about Mark and Steven and finally sort of unravel the mystery box that was those two characters because when we first start the show it's like holy shit like what the fuck's going on like he fucking blacked out and then there's blood on him and shit it's like oh my god and then episode five sort of uncovers all that and sort of reveals why he's like that and his abusive mom and him losing his brother because he wasn't watching after him and that's not necessarily his fault because he's just a fucking kid you know and obviously the mom played favorite to the younger one so yeah, um, that would obviously mess him up, and he did some very bad things where he was like a mercenary, and right before he was gonna die, he met Konshu, and all and all of that stuff was very very interesting. And I honestly really loved that, but I don't know. By episode six, I was like, all right, like how is this uh, how is this all gonna wrap up? And I felt like that it wasn't to what I had personally expected, and I felt like that there could have been a little bit more done there for the characters and maybe for the the overall story because you know the whole like chasing. Th- the next plot MacGuffin thing that the uh, the uh, next whatever you know Egyptian thing whatever the fuck was going on you know it just felt a little weak in my opinion it was just an excuse yeah. for them to go to different places and uh, reveal more about their backstory and you know the whole thing with um with um Mark killing what's her what's her name's dad the dad yeah. yeah was that even brought up in episode five I forget I- it was brought up in yeah it was like really quick like they like showed. Like, oh, this is his body, like, when you killed him. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know. There, it could have been a much more, like, powerful reveal there, but... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It no, is no, I, I mean, I, I, I agree <laughs> with everything you said. Like, I, I do think the show 
has issues. Like, I think, like, a lot of that stuff, like you said, with the plot MacGuffins, like, I still can't get over how they made such a big deal with the first two episodes with the Scarab, and then which just, like, just yeeted it. Like, it just didn't matter. I'm like, what was the point of all that then? <laughs> um, and then, they, like, you know, I go this to that to that. Like, yeah, I agree that that parts were a bit weak, but um, I don't know. By the end, I, I think it really depends on how much you actually care about Steven and Mark and all that stuff. Like, I feel like that's kind of what it's relying on, and I kind of really enjoy that by the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. Even Conchie, I think Conchie was just a fun character as well. Um, uh, yeah, I think it just depends on how much you really enjoyed that dynamic of it. But, you know, that still can't be enough to carry the show. Like, if, you know, you know, like, if there's all these issues, like, compounding it and stuff, you know. <laughs> but for me, I, I felt like it was enough for it. Uh, I definitely feel like, like, I feel like the problem with Winter Soldier, uh, like, Falcon Winter Soldier and, like, Hawkeye, like, I felt like, you know, these are characters we already kind of know. Like, Kate Bishop was cool and stuff. Um mm-hmm. But, like, you know, they felt more generic to me. At least this one does feel a bit more unique in a sense. Like, I'd definitely say, um, like, Loki's probably still my number one for me in terms of, like, these Marvel shows. But uh, this might be, like, a like number two just because I, I, I really like how unique it was and, like, the different things it tries. Like, is it perfect? Like, no. I, I definitely think all the points you bring up are totally valid points. And I definitely think mm-hmm. this show is probably, like, a seven like, if you were really going to judge it. But for me, I ended up liking it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, but, yeah, it's just the, the the middle parts could feel a little too, like, like fillery. And, like, why does this need to exist? Or, <laughs> like, you should just flesh things out more a little bit. But, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I think um, I think overall, just, like, the Marvel shows in general have been, like, mid, if I can say that. You know, it's right. a... It's a it's a big meme where people are like, yeah, you know, it's mid, and then people think that that means bad. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, like, them using these shows as a way to introduce these new characters, I feel like because they have six episodes to work with, there should be a little bit more to do with here instead of, like, a two-and-a-half-hour movie, you know? Um, but I feel like, you know, there's not as much that is being done that is being used for this time you know sort of thing like compared to like six hours obviously i think that loki is like a great example you know i think if we had a loki movie i don't think it would have been as strong just because all of that development he had with with uh sylvie and shit like that like that that was obviously very much needed and when we get to that fucking finale where he's like fucking choose (laughs) it's like okay yeah like i think the loki show overall was like the best sort of example and i'm glad that we started with wandavision because wandavision was like sort of a great way to show how like oh you know like the sort of like week to week sort of like discussion of like oh shit like what the fuck's going on with wanda and like what the hell's going on with vision but then by by the end of it it was like oh it's just another mcu thing i forgot whoopsies (laughs) you know um but with moon knight you know it started out just like the other MCU shows where, like, it's kind of exciting. It's it's kind of cool. You know, we're getting to know uh, this new character in, in Mark and Steven. And then, you know, it's sort of uh, maybe, you know, does some things in the middle that's not exactly all that great. And then by the end of it, it either sticks the landing or it doesn't necessarily do so. I think it's just, like, just the Marvel-ness now. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, I, I still like Marvel a lot. And always entertaining. Mm-hmm. But it kind of just, yeah. like, take it how it is. Um, especially with, like, this basically is, like, the standard origin story movie. Mm-hmm. But just as, like, a TV show. Um, like, you have the evil not Moon Knight doing his evil stuff. And then you have some relationship drama. And then you have, like, the character turmoil stuff. And then all, you know, you know, he resolves that stuff then he fights the big bad and then there you go <laughs> that's about <laughs> it um i really that's the case for like most of the origin stuff like you know thor one dr strange one uh you know actually the guardians one was pretty sick but um 
like most of the uh, the first movies, or I guess in this case, show is probably going to be a bit more on the on the later, you know, on the not as great side, mm-hmm. which is fine, I guess. But like you said, I think as a show, it probably should have done more because it's like you have like more time to develop these things, and I feel like it kind of mm-hmm. just felt like a movie anyway. Like, like I felt like they didn't really take advantage of it as much as they could have. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I'm gonna cut it a little bit of slack just because it's a new hero and it's like basically just the origin movie, just in the in the episode thing, like mm-hmm. in the show format. And I, I think they did a good job with his character, and I do want to see more of him in like movies or like I guess a second season. I don't really know if they confirmed that at all. But I don't think yeah. they have. I don't but, think um, they've said anything about a second season yet. Yeah, so he might just be in like the next Avengers movie at this point, which is fine. Like I, I think. Like honestly, that's how I kind of felt about Doctor Strange. Where at first I was just okay, he's kind of cool. Like I don't mind seeing more of him. And I was like, you know, one of my favorites because I think they really develop him further in like uh, Avengers movies and stuff. Same thing with Thor, right? Like I thought Thor Mm -hmm. was like not great until later. So uh, I I probably like Moon Knight. I just wanted him to be in probably like a better thing that elevates him further. So that's just a wait and see at this point. But yeah, um, I think we could say a lot of the Marvel shows have been, you know, they've been entertaining. I've been, I had a good mm-hmm. time with them, but I think mid is a good word for them. Cause it's just like, <laughs> yeah, they're good. Like Loki, I thought was actually really good. WandaVision was pretty good for, you know, for a while. I, you know, it got generic towards the end, like you said, yeah. but like it, for the most part, it, it was pretty unique. And I like Moon Knight for what it was doing, but you know, things like Hawkeye and Winter Soldier are definitely like, um, okay. Like I've seen this before, <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. And ironically, those are two of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, it could just be because of my Haley Seinfeld simp. I'm gonna be honest. I, mean, I, I didn't hate them. I just thought like Hawkeye definitely felt like they needed like two more episodes. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, like there were like deleted scenes with like Kingpin and shit like that. I'm yeah. like, damn, like what the fuck? He was gonna be revealed so much sooner. I think that that would have been a lot more interesting and would have had a lot more eyes on the show. But I, um, you know, I, everyone knew Kingpin was gonna be in there, but. Um, right. Yeah, you know, whatever they do with these Marvel shows. That, that's why I'm kind of scared for Miss Marvel because like right. they're already changing her powers and sort of changing how her story's working. So I wonder if it's all going to work out in the end. So I hope it does, obviously, because fuck, I, I'm, I'm I'm seeing Doctor Strange later tonight. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% invested in this whole MCU circus parade at this point, you know? So hopefully Miss Marvel is able to stick the landing, but I'm obviously like... Holding my breath on that just because most of the shows have not done that successfully, but we're just gonna have to wait and see. Overall, I think Moon Knight, um, it's it, it, it's definitely one of the better ones. I like it more than Wandavision. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I definitely think it's probably like number two for me, just because of like I like a lot of the things you mm-hmm. know in it. Um, but yeah, I could see it has a lot of flaws. Like Loki, I, I really can't point out as many, and I, that's why I think it's still my favorite one. Um, but yeah, I think Moon Knight has a lot of like redeeming factors of it even if you don't like the uh sort of meddling to do a lot of the time but <laughs> yeah overall I, I enjoyed it quite a bit so yeah i was happy okay. with it yeah all right so let's get into the first bit of gaming news so playstation is requiring game trials for certain games so if your game at wholesale is 34 dollars or higher uh, you will be required to have a trial for it for PlayStation Plus premium members. So this is not retroactive. It's not going to be required for upcoming main PSVR games or the games that are currently on the store. And this is a quote from the article. Developers have up until three months after their lo- after their games launch on the PlayStation Store to release their timed trial. Uh, trials are also only required to be available for PlayStation Plus premium members at for at least 12 months. Uh, Sony is also open to releasing custom game demos instead of time-limited game trials. 
trials, but these are only approved by a case-by-case basis. Developers are also still free to publish free weekends, game trials, or custom demos that can be accessed by all PlayStation owners. So, um, yeah, it seems like a kind of weird, like, requirement. I don't know why it's not just, like, uh, you could play, like, the first hour of a game or something like that. I don't know why it's not sort of, like, like that but now they are like required to do like these custom game trials i guess maybe because certain games you might be able to like break and like finish within an hour but like at the same time like we're in 2022 i don't think that that can't happen kind of thing you know (laughs) um that's just my own personal theory but i think doing these like custom game trials like is obviously good for us because like if you have playstation plus premium which is the most expensive tier that they're going to offer uh you're going to be able to try these games out before you can play them which is pretty dope i mean like you know us growing up like we first started off with like game disc demos and then it turned into the xbox live arcade sort of demos and then those sort of phased out i guess in our eyes and we weren't really touching those maybe because we turned to pc gaming and shit like that but i don't know these like custom game trials are gonna be kind of cool and very interesting especially to people that only game on playstation because now you're able to test a game out before it comes out especially because at wholesale they're 34 dollars or more and you know games like that are probably going to be 60 70 dollars in in a retail price so yeah uh, I, I mean i i think this is great obviously like there's no denying that but i still think steam has the best policy with this stuff where mm-hmm. um you buy the game uh you, if you play it for under two hours and it's been 14 days or less you could just refund it no questions asked like it's just like a straight up bot just does it for you and yeah it's just the easiest way you don't need no custom you know you don't need like a specially designed demo you don't need like anything you just buy the game you play like the first bit of it uh you can see if the game works on your pc you can see if the game is just fun or not for the first two hours mm-hmm. um and as long as it hasn't been 14 days yet you can just refund it and you're good uh so i still think steam has the best way to do it just because how easy it is like i've done it multiple times <laughs> um, <laughs> so like it, it's been really nice uh the steam way to do it but um you know, I think them making the own trials, I, I feel like it could maybe lead to some deception, right? Like maybe this is like, oh, this is like the best part of it or something. Like probably not. But <laughs> it's probably still just going to be the beginning of the game anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think this is still good regardless. Like, you know, some people may like, maybe you watch a bunch of reviews and they say the game is really good, but then you play it and like, oh, maybe it's not for me. And then you just like, yeah. turn it away. So like, yeah, it's always better to like, test the game yourself and see if you enjoy it or not um i mean for me personally i I always just use reviews anyway and i'm usually fine with just buying like because i guess i have a broad taste in like gaming so i don't really (laughs) yeah i don't really mind as much but i know some people are really specific of what they like so Mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel right to them then yeah you should be able to just refund it because you know well why not um Mm -hmm. and like i said we had demo discs before and we we had rentals like i used to rent a bunch of games in blockbuster um to see if i liked it like i um I went to like Shadow the Hedgehog like way too many times <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like I, I like this game I don't want I don't want to buy it so <laughs> I love Shadow <laughs> I love Shadow but yeah that's uh, I mean yeah regardless it's a great thing to have but I still think Steam has the best like version of this yeah I definitely agree with that just because you know you're just able to refund it but then again I remember a time when someone on Twitter was like I beat Sonic Forces and I didn't like it so I just yeah, refunded it on refunded Steam it, and I yeah. was like okay yeah yeah okay That's come back, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly uh, kind of sus but um, I think the game trials being at least two hours long is a bit long in my opinion I feel like if, if you're going to try a game out you give it an hour and then yeah. you know, and then by that hour you should be able to tell like 
did you even notice that the hour passed? And then if you didn't, well, shit, you know, fucking buy the game then. Cause like, that's, that's probably going to be a good game that you're going to enjoy for hours and hours on end without even realizing it. But, um, maybe two hours is like the sweet spot that they found was like, okay, maybe like you're able to get past all of like the tutorials and shit like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a little weird, definitely because like, like you said, the sort of valve steam way of doing it seems to be the best way just because you're able to just buy the game and then if you like it you just keep playing it um but now it's sort of like this weird like designated different sort of like game trial demo that doesn't even have the full game in it kind of thing you know so uh you're downloading a whole separate thing and then after that if you want to play the game you're gonna have to download that if you even want to download it to begin with you know kind of thing so but either way even when you buy games physically like i had to fucking download lego star wars on my ps5 because i'm like all right yeah i know i know how it works these days you know the the uh, dishes allows me to play the game pretty much that's why so. i just don't i, I like don't bother with physical <laughs> ps5 stuff because i'm like what's the point i buy the game the whole point i should be able to play the game <laughs> with the disc but at this point it's just like it, it's more annoying because yeah, i put the freaking disc in even if it's downloaded i'm like that's mm-hmm. dumb so yeah whatever oh my god the the last time I bought a game and I was able to play it off the rip was Yoshi's uh, Yarn, whatever the fuck. It was on uh, Switch or whatever. Willy World? Uh, no, that was that was the Wii U. Fuck, what was it? Um, God damn it. This is going to bother me. Fucking shit. God damn it. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. Oh, that was world. that was literally the last game where I put it in my Switch and then I hit play, then it instantly started off. I was like, "There's no day one updates. There's nothing. All right, cool." Um, yeah. Kind of crazy, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so we'll see how how the, these play out, especially since because the devs probably have to like take a certain part of the game that they want to show the players and then just make that the two hour long demo or whatever. So, all right, so we got some we got some Sega stuff. Well, not really. I, I saw. I, I, I forgot the other thing below. <laughs> but anyway, so Sega is delisting a bunch of Sonic Genesis games. As you know, you could probably guess the Sonic Origins collection is coming out, mm-hmm. and um, this happens a lot where companies are just like, "Oh, like let's just remove the older stuff because we want them to buy the new thing." So to just delist like all the other Sonic games that would be like on the collection, um, you know, I think uh, Square Enix did this with uh, Final Fantasy VIII. There was like the shitty PC version. But it was mm-hmm. still cheaper than the remaster, and some people didn't like the remaster anyway, uh, and just took it away. So um, yeah, this is a very common tactic like companies do, uh, and it sucks because you know if you didn't like, maybe you don't like the changes they did in Sonic Origins, or maybe you just mm-hmm. don't want to pay that much for all of the games. You just want to play Sonic Three or Sonic CD. You just can't do that anymore. Like I think I have them all on Steam, so it doesn't really affect me because you know I have them. But if you just wanted to buy a specific one while buying the whole collection, then yeah, that you know kind of out of luck at that point. Yeah, you're gonna have to shell out forty dollars for all of the games, and you might just want to play one of them. So, yeah, that definitely sucks. Um, I think that Sega doing this by sending it through a PR email was kind of you know snaky of them. You know, kind of kind of sus them trying to avoid more backlash, especially since after uh, the <laughs> initial backlash with the whole like fucking chart and the, the whole chart, digital yeah. deluxe edition that really five bucks for like all of these like animations and music it's like uh just including the main game guys like it's not it's not that serious and then you know if you pre-order it you get some like little extra bonuses but nothing too crazy you know um but yeah them delisting it like you said it is a common practice i think that the gta uh remastered stuff um 
that got delisted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the so, same So, yeah, that was, like, a whole thing. Um, I'm not too familiar with this story, but I believe, like, the remaster wasn't that good. And people yeah, were like... Ass. <laughs> yeah, People really were like, good. give us the originals. And they were like, yeah. no. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so, like, that's that's the big issue. Like, I, I, I doubt the Sonic Origin collection is going to be bad at all. It's just, like, all these weird business decisions. It looks great. Uh, mm-hmm. But the GTA remasters, it, it kind of looked like shit to begin with. <laughs> and then they start pulling away the good, like the versions you can mod and fix, and they release these shitty versions out. So, um, yeah, that's kind of why people are afraid when things like this happen, because you just can't play that version you know works. And you got to mm-hmm. deal with this new version now. So, Yeah, especially since because now you have to buy the whole collection. So this is limiting yeah. choice for the consumer, where it's like, okay, I want to play just Sonic 1. Okay, I got to pay $40 for it well shit I guess I'll just emulate it on something else you know because it's fucking Sonic 1 it's from 1991 guys like it's not it's not that serious kind of thing you know um and yeah I don't know it just it just feels like that this this sort of practice and this sort of ordeal with them releasing a remaster or like a new collection kind of thing and then taking away the old ones should stop i think that giving the consumer more choice in what they want to buy you know even if they like mistakenly bought like oh you know i wanted sonic origins but i wanted uh but i bought like just one of the games you know then you know maybe they could like retroactively like refund it with whatever store that they bought it from digitally whatever the case is but i don't know it just feels like when you limit the consumer's choice of what they want and what they can sort of pick and choose from um it just it just makes the market so so limiting in a sense you know yeah it's kind of why people are like really back into the pirate bandwagon because it's just like you know obviously i don't like it, it depends on the situation like i think in things like this like yeah you probably have a right to like do it because like it's gone now it's kind of like the same thing with like uh, emulation which isn't pirating but you know what i'm saying like if you can't if there's no legal means for me to buy a thing then yeah obviously i'm gonna try to like pirate it or like get an emulator because it's like it's not my fault usually i like mm-hmm. to buy the thing because i want to give you my money but yeah at some point it's just like yeah i'm just gonna pirate it or emulate it because well, what the hell you want me to do so yeah I mean, like, it's the same thing with, like, most media. It's, like, with a certain anime that's, like, on Crunchyroll. It's, like, oh, it's not, like, the version that I want to watch. Like, like, Tokyo (laughs) Ghoul, I think, like, you know, it's, like, heavily censored or some shit, you know? Um, I could be spitting out of my ass right now. But that's just, like, a a, a situation where it's, like, you want one version of the thing, and then it's a whole completely different version. Like, uh, Star Wars fans are still fucking fighting for their lives to, like, the theatrical releases of the original trilogy, like, on Blu-ray and 4K and shit like that. And... That's just never going to happen. So, like, people, you know, like, the fans, like, created, like, their own ones. And you could, like, watch it online on, like, various links and shit like that. So, um, yeah. I mean, like, this situation, nothing crazy, nothing out of the ordinary for the gaming industry. But it's definitely a practice that should stop because, you know, we've seen it. seen it happen with fucking GTA. And now it's happening with Sonic and a bunch of other collections that I'm sure have happened previously. But I think when when you remaster old games i feel like that if it's already available on that store you should just offer it um regardless like the new one and the old one because like when i think about like uh for example like the slide collection um when that came out on the playstation 3 you could buy the games individually like digitally but those are like the remastered versions but that's because it was from the ps2 to the ps3 so and like those games weren't on the playstation store before as like the original ps2 one so it makes sense that they would just put the ps3 version up on there but you know that's just one example that i feel like that that's fine because like 
there was no other version on the store before. If if the PS2 versions were on the store before, then they took them down. Okay, like now we're talking about a whole different story. But you know, if it's already there before, just just fucking leave it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I feel like just, just leave it. Like there's no there's no reason to take it down besides limiting choice for like consumers, and that's always bad. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, so next bit of news we got is Bloomberg uh, is reporting that Amazon uh, is making changes to, t- to Twitch for more profit. So uh, pretty much nothing's finalized, but they can be coming as soon as this summer. So top creators, those that get the 70-30 cut uh, in favor of them, it's going to be cut down to 50. Um, I mean, most Twitch streamers get 50-50 anyways, um, and then there's going to be incentives to run more ads for streamers. So if you see more ads popping up on your Twitch streams, that's why, because uh, the streamers are probably going to get more bank from that. Um, they're also going to create multiple tiers instead of criteria how to qualify for each one. Twitch may offer to release partner platforms from exclusivity restrictions, allowing them to stream on Google's YouTube or Facebook. So... This pretty much allows uh, people that are tied exclusively to Twitch. They can stream on different platforms at the same time. So like restreaming and things like that. Um, So yeah, that can be kind of interesting. That will be allowing the streamer to grow their brand on different platforms and different audiences. So I think that that's cool. Um, I definitely do restreaming when I did stream. Uh, I would stream on YouTube and Twitch. I would still get jack shit viewers, but you know, (laughs) it is what it is, you know? Um, But to those bigger streamers that, you know, uh, people that want to cater to as many of their fans as possible. You know, you can watch me on YouTube, but you can also watch me on Twitch sort of thing. Um, I think that, that that could be cool. But everything else, you know, with the whole uh, cutting down the profits for the streamers, incentivizing more ads, it just seems like Amazon is just trying to get more fucking money when, like, they don't need it. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. I mean, I think the biggest thing with this is, like, the more ads thing. Like, I feel like that's going to suck for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, oh, 100%. I, yeah, because I actually, like, don't... Like, every time I click on a Twitch stream, it's just like, oh, here's Billie Eilish telling me about, like, freaking, like, Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, okay, I, I've seen this, like, 40 times, leave me alone. Um, you know, obviously, no one really likes ads, and if streamers are more sensitized to do it, like, I feel like it's just mm-hmm. going to be annoying. Um, and, you know, I think the the pay cut from, like, the bigger streamers is, like... I mean, they're fine, right? <laughs> I oh, mean, it yeah, still 100%. sucks for them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it, it sucks for them, but, like, yeah. they're probably going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably fine, though. But I, I do, it does suck for people that maybe get into that top percent now and just, like, oh, it's, like, the same. But I guess it's fine because it probably should just be the same. It probably shouldn't favor, like, the top people. Like, obviously, they do because it gives them, like, Twitch views and they make more money that way. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, maybe it was always unfair to just be like, oh, why do the top, you know, eat the rich? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're making like 70 30 and we're making 50 50 what the hell so um yeah maybe it's better it's like that um for everyone maybe i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like it's kind of weird to say but yeah the restreaming thing is cool though like i feel like having more uh people like being able to restream is like fine like uh, i feel like it's always kind of like a petty thing twitch did was like, oh you can't do that like you can't like restream other words like yeah uh, well why not <laughs> like you know let people like expand their brand and just mm-hmm. let them be on youtube and twitch like it doesn't really like it matters for them because they make more money but if we're going to take the pay cut from the top streamers anyway they're probably just going to like okay i'll just restream on youtube and i guess recoup the cost there or something or run another ad so mm-hmm. um i think overall it's like probably fine it's just like the ad thing is gonna be the the most annoying part right and on yeah. paper it sounds like way worse than it actually is i think because when i saw that that the pay thing i'm like oh wait no that's only for the top people it wasn't like for yeah like, everyone so yeah yeah if, if if everyone was making 70 30 shit yeah that would have been crazy right <laughs> that would have been cool but um 
Yeah, I think more ads is just so stupid. I mean, like, already, like, when I use my Twitch Prime, I use it on Tarek because I watch Tarek a lot and I don't want the fucking ad. So, like, when I click on his stream, it's just instant. You know, I don't want to watch an ad or nothing. And, and, yeah. and I believe you can buy, like, that Twitch turbo or whatever the fuck it yeah. is called these days where like you get no ads but like the streamer still gets the the money for said ads when they they do play them um but i'm not doing that yeah. <laughs> um i think that subbing is a lot cooler just because you're supporting that streamer directly and you're also getting cool emotes and sort of uh you no know, ads on the e-stream and things like that i don't know i just i just feel like that that is a cooler thing than just buying this thing that directly goes to, to Twitch and like you know the streamer still gets money for said ads, but I don't know. I just think that subbing's a lot cooler. But um, yeah, I, if it's more ads, I hope it's not fucking video player ads. And then like the fucking streams like in that corner with like the fucking oh, yeah. chat. I'm like I hate those. I hate when that happens. <laughs> I don't mind like the ads like at the bottom or like on the are on the uh, side because at least I can still watch the stream. You know, like you know. The ads only work if I fucking fall into it, which I never do. But, you know, some people do. You know, some people, oh, shit, it's fucking Chiefful. Oh, shit, it's DoorDash. <laughs> I am hungry, you know, kind of thing. So um, ads do work. They may not work on me yet right now on Twitch. But, you know, um, I think that ads that are less intrusive on the viewer experience, I think that that's what Pokey pointed out on uh, on her, like, second Twitter account or whatever. She was like, yeah, I think that that should be a thing where, like, Twitch streamers, uh, the... The ads on Twitch should just be these sort of sidebars and things like that and not, you know, interfering with the viewers watching experience. Because, like, there have been many times where I've watched Subrosa and, like, according to, like, his Twitch contract, they just randomly, like, play ads. And, like, it's, like, fucking, like, overtime. And then it's, like, you know, like, a crucial moment within the game. And it's, like, oh, here's an ad. And I'm, like, all right, whatever. If something, <laughs> something cool happens, I guess I'm missing it. Whatever. Yeah, that, 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 that's really lame. Like, I feel like... Ads should only go on if the streamer wants it to go on because then they could have an ad break. Like, you know, I feel mm -hmm. like that's like, that should just be how it is. Hey, when you're like, here's an ad. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> I didn't agree to that. And then you miss something cool because obviously it's like mm -hmm. live, so you can't like pause it. I mean, you can, but like, yeah, go for the VOD and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel which, like. Which that is crazy that Twitch doesn't have that yet, but YouTube does where you can yeah, like rewind and shit right, like that. Yeah, like that's like the one of my favorite things about uh, YouTube because, you know, I'm a VOD boy. You know, like I like mm -hmm. to watch things live, I like to pause, you know, if I'm do stuff and on youtube it just instantly keeps going and then you can just like fast forward or whatever twitch just feels so ancient with its vod system where you have to like wait for it to like upload its vod like and then it's like not completed yet and then you have to like <laughs> it's like a pain in the ass like like i really hate it as someone that watches a lot of twitch vods because that's just how i like watch twitch streams because i'm i don't really catch them live a lot of the time mm -hmm. um yeah it's just a pain in the ass so like hopefully twitch actually invests in that stuff because it's been like that forever so but whatever, do you want more ads? So it's fine. <laughs> it's <laughs> so. fucking Amazon, they'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So this this is what I was saying before with the Sega stuff, because you know, Yuji Naka. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, so Yuji Naka, he reveals that six months before Battle and Wonder World uh, came out, he was removed as director and therefore filed a lawsuit against Square, which is not over. So like everything that happened right kinda happened right. So uh, his thing was he right knew the game was unfinished, you know, Balance was Wonder World. Uh, <laughs> and he criticized Square Enix and um uh, Athras, I I don't know who that is. Uh I guess I guess they're associated with the project in some way. But okay. Continue. Uh, <laughs> For going forward with the release, uh, he did like a whole, he did like a twit longer. Like he just like started rage tweeting <laughs> um, about all the things that happened. Uh, basically, yes, the game just wasn't finished. And Square Enix just wanted to push it out the door. And uh, I mean, th this is, 
a kind of a complicated story thing to talk about because uh, mm-hmm. Yuji Naka has been known to be very difficult to work with. Um, and Sprite Enix is also like pretty annoying to work with too. So it's kind of like both sides are kind of like really difficult. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Square hasn't really like said anything about this. I don't think they really cared to be honest. But you know, Yujinaka is really pissed, rightfully so, because you know, even if the game has a lot of fundamental issues, and I, and I feel like six months wasn't enough time to really make this game good. Like it was just too many underlying issues to for the game to like end up being anything but garbage, <laughs> essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like it was very unfair to Yujinaka to just like release the game anyway for like no real reason, just to be like, okay, we gotta get this thing out like out of the door now. Um, mostly when you could see like he kind of did care for the game quite a bit. Um, so yeah, that, that's always really unfortunate when um, publishers like just rush to create a vision just to like make money. Uh, and mm-hmm. Square is really bad with that in general, as we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, <but> Square just <laughs> feels like they have no loyalty to just like sell things and just like want things out of the door. And that's kind of why Square has been publishing a lot of the shittiest games that come out recently, like The Quiet Man and stuff, like or Mind Jack and stuff, like all this shit that like, <laughs> no one's heard of because it's so bad. Uh, and Battle Wonder World like fits right in there, and the game's really not good. So um, it sucks that Yuji Naka wasn't able to like make the game out of his full vision because of like how Square has been like really just pushing him to do it. But um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of an unfortunate situation. But again, we don't really know the full story because Yuji Naka, again, has also been notoriously hard to work with, like in other like Sonic projects. So, yeah, but you know, I, I think he's not really fabricating anything. But I definitely think it might be a little more to this. But we just don't know yet. Also, it's very uncharacteristic for any Japanese person to really like go off like this. Like, I feel like <laughs> a lot of the time, a lot of the time, like a lot, of, you know, a lot of Japanese people are very like, you know sensitive of work culture stuff and like don't really want to speak out too much mm-hmm. uh and then he i've never seen this where he just write a whole wall of like complaints which is kind of cool to see i think more people in japan should be like this like they should like be a little more aggressive about like hey like what the hell was this like you know kojima is pretty notorious for that with kojima uh, with uh konami and stuff so yeah it's kind of like like that but yeah kind of whole situation there <laughs> yeah uh very very interesting i mean like like you said i don't think six months was enough to uh turn this game around to a masterpiece if you will but it wasn't yuji naka's sort of full vision uh because he was removed as director because for whatever reason but obviously he dealt it in court with square enix and uh he may or may not won have he may or may not have won the case who the fuck knows um obviously there's two sides to this story and and the truth is somewhere in there um but I'm very much obviously here to believe Yuji Naka just because like he's the first to come out with this sort of story and be like, hey guys, uh, if you're wondering why the game was so bad, um, I got kicked. So that's why uh, if if things don't seem as published as, as, as they should have been, well, you know, I wasn't there six months before it fucking came out. So, you know, uh, he couldn't really do much. Uh, to the game after he was removed, obviously. Uh, and by the way, Arzus uh, co-developed the game with uh, Square Enix, so oh, okay. um, so that's why he he mentioned them in the sort of tweet. But yeah, this whole thread of of things is, is kind of crazy. I mean, like in one of the tweets, he he mentioned how in uh, the original Sonic, you wouldn't die if you had one ring, and that was implemented like two weeks before it was mastered or whatever, which is kind of crazy and a very like iconic thing that is with Sonic the Hedgehog to this fucking day. You know, like yeah. if you have if you have one ring, you're not gonna die. Um, so. 
yeah, maybe, maybe he could have come up with a, another sort of uh, game design thing that would have changed the game up uh, to make it, you know, sort of good. But obviously, like it's it, it, it's sort of like hearsay. She say maybe if maybe if this went different, maybe if that went different. But yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, when I saw this story to be like, yo, he like fucking lost. He 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 legit sued them. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, but I mean, he was he was taken out of of the project that he wanted to do and uh probably unlawfully so so yeah uh it's kind of crazy kind of crazy though so i'm pretty yeah. sure whatever yuji naka is going to do next the game company is going to be very very careful to not take him out <laughs> yeah i feel like um i don't even know if he wants to even work with video games anymore because i feel like he hasn't really done anything uh for a while until balance wonder world and then mm-hmm. he released the game and then he basically got treated like shit and then he's like okay i, I wouldn't surprise me if he just retires at this point he might try to do something else i don't know if he'll try to go back to sega whatever but um yeah it's definitely like hasn't been great for him which is unfortunate um i think balance wonder world could have cool potential like when i first saw it, i'm like oh this could be cool but then of course you know i had so many issues and stuff so um hopefully he maybe finds some other developer or uh, publisher to like make his dream game or something uh but yeah as of right now balance wonder worlds is going to go down as one of the worst 3d platformers in a while so (laughs) which is very unfortunate but it's kind of the legacy of it right now hey look man i have it i haven't played it yet but i'm honestly tempted to play to see how bad it is (laughs) (laughs) i heard it's just like not good (laughs) all right so moving on from there we got sony is uh, currently blocking the ability to extend your PlayStation Plus subscription. So even if your subscription is going to end tomorrow, you cannot extend it until it actually ends. So, um, yeah, uh, the reason that they're doing this is to sort of uh, prevent people from stacking their fucking subscription with, like, prepaid cards, which some people have already did. Uh, you know, some some geniuses have already <laughs> done that. Um, so they are just not allowing people to do that with prepaid cards, and uh, they are waiting for you to redo it once the new um tiers come out within whichever territory that you're in so that so that's june 13th for the americas and june 22nd for europe so uh sony said as we prepare to launch the new playstation plus membership service we are doing some work behind the scenes to make the transition as smooth as possible for all of our existing members aka stop bleeding fucking money out of us please we are not we're not we're not giving you playstation plus uh premium if you got you know until 2030 or whatever fucking long that you uh stacked your subscription subscription for um so yeah i mean it is it is what it is in my opinion i mean if there's no way to sort of stack it right now you know like you'll be alright. i mean like obviously like i'm talking from a person that isn't doing this thing and i haven't subscribed to playstation plus since ever honestly i've i've never held a playstation plus subscription for more than three months um, just because I don't play online games on my console like that ever since the Xbox Live days. And even then, you know, fucking paying $60 a year for Xbox Live was kind of stupid. And and all, <laughs> and in the grand scheme of things, that was also stupid back then. But um, yeah, uh, just a sort of like, I guess like anti-consumer thing. But I can understand from a business perspective as to why they're doing it. But them saying that we're working on stuff, some stuff behind the scenes with someone from PR to be like, yeah, 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 just say that. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's um pretty obvious they just don't want to bleed money, like you said. Um, because I think they're charging more for all this, aren't they? Like yeah. Like, so like yeah. I don't I don't know what's gonna happen for like the current PS Plus members. Like, are they just gonna get the essentials and then they're not gonna get the premium stuff? Or I, I would assume we get like the maybe the middle tier, or I I would probably get the middle tier. I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And then you would have to upgrade to premium, and then maybe you could downgrade yourself to the lower one. I I'm not too sure how it's gonna work at all because it's like. Yeah, they haven't they said shit. Whole, yeah, they did a whole blog post, but they really haven't explained like anything. Like they haven't explained how the transition to this new system is gonna work. Again, we still don't know any of the games really. So yeah, uh, right now this is it looks like it's coming in really hot and uh like it probably will kind of be of a shit show. Um and yeah, it, it's pretty clear they're just not doing this to not leak money, like they're just like okay, like no one could stack it because <laughs> I've done Stop that. Stop stacking! <laughs> yeah, I, I would buy them on sale because usually every year they would have a sale. I'm like, okay, I'll buy mm-hmm. it. I'll buy another year because it's like why not? It's on sale, um, and I would just keep stacking it. I think I have like two years stack or something. So I don't know what's gonna happen, like to like my membership, like if it's gonna go lower or what. So yeah, it's kind of just like it's just in the air right now. <laughs> we don't really know what's going on because you know Sony hasn't really been communicating about this really well. So. Yeah, we really are just going to wait and see and like see what they say during the summer because we're going to have to know soon because uh, we just don't know anything right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alrighty. So, we got a lot of Square stuff. Again, there's been a lot of Square stuff lately. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this was kind of a big thing. So, Square sells IPs, uh, basically almost all their Western stuff, to the Embracer group for $300 million, which really isn't a lot. Um, the Embracer have already got uh, Gearbox and THQ Nordic, so that's probably where you heard about them from. They've kind of just been gobbling up a lot of, like, not smaller, but, like, uh, like I guess, AA type stuff. So they mm-hmm. acquired uh, Crystal Dynamics, uh, Eidos, uh, and uh, Square Enix Montreal, along with all its employees. Uh, they now have Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legend of Cain, and more. And, you know, they have more shit, but we just... Oh, they have Gex. They have Gex now, I think. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, but Square has held onto three Western IPs. So they have Life is Strange still, because that does pretty well mm-hmm. uh just cause because uh, i guess just cause does well and outriders for some reason so mm-hmm. they have those three still but everything else they gave up uh to embracer um and the whole reason for this is uh they want they sold all these western studios because uh the president of square enix is like oh we want to focus more on blockchain and nft gaming and stuff and then as soon as they said that uh, uh the the market thing for NFTs and blockchain has went down super hard. So that, that was funny. Uh, so yeah, obviously square is stupid. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, they said this actually a few months ago where the president was like, we want to focus on, on blockchains and NFTs and stuff. And I'm like, okay, dude. And then doing this, <laughs> like, I'm like, Oh man, that's not good. Um, uh, there's also some rumors that they're doing this to make themselves more appealing to be bought out by someone else. Like if it's either Sony or someone else, like we don't know, but that's just a rumor. Like that's not really anything concrete, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, I mean, it, it, I look at this in two ways. Like their Western division of games have always been a little bit of a, not as great, uh, as you know, I think a lot of the squared, like Japanese IPs have always been pretty good. Like at least with Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts and the, what have you, Dragon Quest, um, and, you know, I, I really like the new Guardians of the Galaxy game. I think they did a great job with that. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, the new, the, the new Tomb Raiders, I know the first one was really good. And then they kind of just like, okay, they're, they're good. Obviously, Avengers came out and that wasn't very good at all. <laughs> um, so it seems to be a thing that was bleeding money. And I know the DSX games were really good, but I don't think they did too well commercially. Um, so, yeah, it seems to just be a big money drain for Square and just didn't feel like keeping them. And so they just sold them. <laughs> and maybe they sold the IPs too just because they didn't know what to do with them. Um, 
but yeah, it just seemed like 300 million is like very cheap for these IPs. Like, I feel like Deus Ex and Tomb Raider probably deserved a little more than just 300 million. Like, I feel like at least like half, like a billion dollars, like 500 <laughs> million. Like, geez, that seems really cheap. But um, yeah, Embracer just has more games, and maybe they get treated better because Square wasn't really treating them too well to begin with. But yeah, it's been it's quite a steal for Embracer Group to uh, buy all these IPs for just 300 million. I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, after everything that happened with the Marvel games, you know, Crystal Dynamics is like, ah, shit, we fucked up, guys. <laughs> yeah. So and, um, if you were into the Avengers game, just, you know, you're probably huffing copium. Like, oh, they're still updated. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're still updated. Yeah, I mean, that shit's dead now. I mean, it's yeah, already co- dead, so. We got Spider-Man copium. <laughs> it's it's Spider-Man. okay, guys. <laughs> they're, really, they're, they're releasing Jane Foster, which is just another yeah. reskin of a hero we have. Same thing with Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. It's the same hero. I'm like, good job, guys. But anyways um <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean like crystal dynamics with the tomb raider games honestly like those were bangers i honestly yeah, really yeah, like those games good. yeah yeah uh, i played the first one on pc like years and years ago and i loved it um i haven't played the sequel since but i'm sure it's just more of the same you know the same yeah. like uncharted like sort of uh gameplay you know despite tomb raider being the first sort of you know action adventure uh indiana jones style game but you know tomb raider sort of took elements from uncharted and made it their own and i definitely have to play those sequels soon because i have all of them i just i just haven't played them but um yeah, uh, it is It is kind of crazy that Screen Enix just decided to sell these studios and IPs. The reason I think that they sold the IPs with the studios is because that's what the fucking studios worked on. So, like, yeah. if they just gave them the studios, it's like, all right, guys, what do you know how to do? We know how to do Tomb Raider. We don't have Tomb Raider. Hi, right, fuck. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, selling the IPs with them, along with, you know, wh- whichever ones. Uh, if, if, if Gex is true, I mean, you know. Just give yeah. me, just give me that Gex trilogy shit, you know. Just <laughs> yeah, Crystal Dynamics make Gex, so yeah, they they own, they still exactly. have Gex with them. So like, if they could, I, I think it was rumors that a new Gex is supposed to happen, which is really funny. Not like but... this, not like this. <laughs> <laughs> I think the world's ready for another Gex game, but yeah, um, I mean, it's kind of cool that Life is Strange is still part of Square because mm-hmm. I thought True Colors was really good. You know, Life is Strange two, you know, we both whatever we don't need to go into that yeah. <laughs> but True Colors I thought was really good so if they could keep up with that that's great and the other two I don't really care about like Just Cause I didn't even know what was still going on and Outriders is like whatever like, I don't care either but um, I'm sure uh, Square Enix looked at their best western selling IPs and they were like alright these are the top three we're keeping those have the rest sort yeah, of everything else is gone go <laughs> so I mean I just want Square to release like their stuff. like you know like I know they have like Kingdom Hearts 4, Final Fantasy 16, and uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2. Like, those are all like the big boy games they have releasing. So, if they had to release them in a timely manner, I think Square would be fine. But Square's just being, being really stupid lately. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, Embracer, uh, I hope that they are uh, able to use these IPs and these people efficiently. And uh, maybe we'll see something within the next few years of what that has to come um but fuck it you know by next episode they could have just released everything you know just said fuck you guys are all fired we're just gonna start from scratch or some shit <laughs> yeah. you know like which i doubt because like i don't think that they did that with any of the other studios that they swallowed up so um <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what's what's next to come especially for you know uh, i'm sure those dsx fans are fucking starving for content 100 oh, yeah. so <laughs> i know my brother is a big dsx fan he was like please i just want one i want another one <laughs> please please <laughs> uh all right so next bit of news we got is Saikuno moves to YouTube. Um, so it was rumored right before 
this was officially announced because on on his last Twitch stream, he was a uh, very emotional and you know he was like, "It's been fun, guys," and I was like, "Oh shit!" Uh, just to like full disclaimer, I don't watch Saikuno. Um, I I obviously know who he is because he's very much friends with Offline TV, um, which I don't even follow those guys anymore because I've discussed before with the whole every single fucking drama that they get into, and it seems like a lot of them have like egos and shit like that, and. Uh, it is what it is, but you know, I I still follow them on Twitter just to like see what the fuck they're doing because they're obviously like a big group of people within the space of Twitch and streaming in general. So, but Saikuno moving to YouTube, um, I believe on on his stream he cited that uh, when when Twitch wanted to like re-sign him, they misspelled his name to Sukuno with nice. SCU instead of SY. So he was like, oh, nope, fuck that. So. Um, I'm sure that he had options. I'm sure that there was a lot of people, a lot of organizations coming to him and like, hey, stream on Facebook, stream on whatever fucking new platform we got. But YouTube was probably like, all right, like, here's a bag. Uh, just stream on YouTube. You know, Valky Ray's there. Tim, Tim's there. Courage is there. Uh, people that he's probably familiar with within the space. So, yeah, honestly, like, Saikuno's boom on streaming and shit like that is kind of crazy. I feel like three years ago, no one really knew who he was, but just because of, like, his personality and, um, I mean, like, he, he fucking looks like an anime character, so that could be it, too, you know? <laughs> I know that one time he went into into a Discord call with fans, and they were all girls, and I was like, what the fuck? This guy's Mr. Bitches. This is crazy. <laughs> um, but anyways, you know, I'm glad Saikuno, you know, he's able to collect the bag while his, uh, his streaming sort of, um, uh, his his stocks in the streaming game is like pretty high you know sort of thing um and i feel like youtube you know them getting another big streamer from twitch to join their platform is just going to create youtube gaming uh be a much stronger space as a whole yeah i mean to get more exclusive stuff like that's just gonna you know boost their numbers and stuff i mean i know the youtube streaming has gone a bit better since you know its inception which is cool mm-hmm. um and if they get more big streamers and you know that's always good for them um, and you know them throwing money at like streamers that want to quit, you know that's good. I know that yeah, the Lugwood is there now, right? Yeah, like, yeah, Lugwood's also there. Not, not about him. How the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> the fuck did I forget Ludwig? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Ludwig was a kind of a big get for them. So um, yeah, like I, I think with the, the stable of streamers, like they're definitely like I like yeah, come to come to YouTube, come watch these people because you know I I, I don't think. People, people are more loyal to the streamer than they are to the platform, I would think. Um, mm-hmm. I, well, it depends. Like, if it's on Facebook, then probably not. But like, if it's on YouTube, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people wouldn't mind just going on YouTube to watch their favorite streamer because it's kind of what you're watching, right? Like, I don't watch many streamers, but like, if Jeremiah wants to like say like YouTube, I probably would just like watch him on YouTube because I don't really care that much. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely a personality-driven thing. So if you like that person, you're probably just gonna follow them anyway, um, and that benefits the whatever platform they're on. So. Um, Mm-hmm. I think that's why having these exclusive deals with people is always going to be king in this sort of thing. I mean, it didn't really help Mixer, <laughs> but um, hey, I, think Microsoft, I think Microsoft pulled the plug to it. <laughs> on that one, so, yeah. Ninja and Shroud got the bag, so. Yeah, yeah they, they, they're the ones that shouldn't be complaining. It's really just like Microsoft being like, okay, we're, we're, doing, we're not doing this anymore. But that's yeah. a whole, that's a whole that, that was the thing we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. So. And I feel but, like uh, signing with YouTube is a lot more stable just because YouTube has shown that, you know, hey, look, we got Valkyrie, we got Courage, and those two people have been on the platform platform for over a year now Uh, i feel like it's been maybe one or two years for them um on the platform and you know now we got ludwig we got tim uh so it seems like you know the space for youtube gaming is just growing more and people are coming up on youtube obviously as streamers um 
Uh, not to mention that one kid that said some really hateful shit on fucking uh, Valorant. You know, Uh-oh. we never talked about that, but you know, um, I I don't even know how how that kid in particular blew up, but that's neither here nor there. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah. if you know, you know. Saikuno, <laughs> <laughs> props to him. Um, I'm happy that you know he he is. Uh, He's found a new home to continue streaming and like you said you know if if uh, i guess like Tarek Tarek were t- to fucking move i guess i would move to youtube i guess but right. um yeah i mean i've been watching streams on twitch for years and years now and it feels like twitch has had this monopoly on the platform for so so long so i feel like maybe youtube's actually sort of getting there obviously they're still far far away just because like you know there are third-party apps like uh franker z's and, and shit like that that makes the twitch viewer experience just a little more better when you see kick w's and some other dumbass you know fucking (laughs) emotes pop up you know um i'm sure that some of those work on youtube maybe i'm not sure obviously like i don't watch youtube streamers so i wouldn't know but maybe they do maybe they don't not entirely sure but um yeah definitely definitely a cool cool power move by youtube uh you know just snatch saikuno like that all right, so next, uh, Sonic. As always, Sonic. <laughs> so, yeah, Sonic Prime. So, this was the Netflix show, and mm-hmm. it showed a really, really short teaser. Uh, they showed, like, the new Sonic. Um, and, you know, he looks he looks a little weird. You know, I mean, he looks fine. Uh, he, he looks a little, like, I don't know what's the word to describe it. Like, video game? Lanky? <laughs> yeah, kind of. And he has a new voice actor, and he I think someone said he sounds like a, a mix of... Uh, Roger Craig Smith and uh, Ben Swartz a little bit. Uh, like I kind of agree with that. Like it's it's kind of like the Sonic voice. I imagine it just kind of feels a little off canny because it's not either of those two. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean it looks fine. Like I, I have no problem with his new voice. I don't think. Um, and his character model again looks a little weird, but uh, it'll probably grow on me as well. So I don't know. What what do you think? Again, it's a very short trailer or like teaser. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's just uh, fifteen seconds, uh, fourteen actually, but. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Sonic looks fucking great. Um, I am excited for a Sonic show where he looks like the actual video game character and not like Sonic Boom, you know, kind That's of true. thing. Yeah, I know, so, like, yeah, like Sonic Boom is a little weird. <laughs> I know, I know but, the show is, like, pretty good, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that show had more... That show had no right being as good as it was, if I can say that. Just seeing, right. like, the clips and shit like that, the, the way the fucking writers wrote jokes that were actually, like, very funny for like sonic fans um but sonic prime like visually it looks good um you know the whole netflix controversy with them fucking uh laying off all of their like animators and yeah whatever that fucking sucks obviously but just looking at this in and of itself it looks cool um the new voice actor honestly i didn't know that it was a new voice actor i thought it was still roger craig smith yeah um at first but then he went on twitter was like hey guys uh that's not me uh i can't reveal who that new person is but they're very passionate and very excited to voice sonic and you know uh it is it is a fucking black guy that's fucking cool like that is that is dope um i think that the fact that we haven't had a person of color voice sonic since uh Since white yeah 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 Mm -hmm. something like that so you know seeing him voice sonic is cool especially just especially since because like i guess because i've gotten older like when when roger craig smith came in as the voice of sonic i was like i don't like this but like i was (laughs) i was a fucking dumbass kid now i'm like 23 you know i still love sonic so like seeing this guy voice him the way that he's doing it and showing that he's very passionate about this character and very excited to voice sonic is very cool i cannot fucking wait to see uh his performance especially since because now we have what like three different voice actors voicing sonic we have um the roger movie craig, sonic yeah ben schwartz uh, yeah. ben schwartz uh roger craig smith for uh sonic 
what the fucking, games, right? Yeah, 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 fucking. What's the new Sonic game called? God damn Frontiers. it. Frontiers. Yeah, Sonic Frontiers. God damn yeah. it, Damien. You're a bigger <laughs> Sonic fan than me. Um, <laughs> and then we have uh, Devin. So, yeah, very cool. And they are all three passionate about this character and i cannot wait to see what sonic prime has in store for not just for kids who want to watch the show but also for the fans because it seems like that that's a very big thing uh that they keep in mind when they're making sonic stuff these days is like okay like obviously like sonic's for kids but like we got to make sure that you know longtime fans are happy and shit like that because you know twitter's gonna have a fucking storm if they're not um but yeah honestly i cannot wait to see how this show looks just because this quick 10 second teaser was very very cool and and uh you know he he may be a little lanky but uh you know it's sonic and i cannot wait to actually see a full length trailer for this because i think that sonic twitter will fucking lose their minds and that's all i'll see on the on the the timeline when that day comes so yeah i feel like it's just been teased for a while too right like sonic mm-hmm. prime has been like a thing for a little bit we just didn't know anything about it so it's gonna be nice to finally see it like in action and stuff and see you know see how, how the writing is see how the storylines are you know i'm not expecting anything crazy or anything but uh it's gonna be nice to have a like a sonic show that's more faithful to the original character designs and stuff like that because you know i know sonic boom is like good but mm-hmm. you know the character design is always like off-putting to me, especially <laughs> Knuckles. I, I don't, I still don't like how Sonic Boom Knuckles, Knuckles skipped like day. Uh oh, yeah, very, very cursed looking. So um, yeah, it's gonna be nice to have like character models that are more like, like on like the game side of things. So yeah, d- definitely looking forward to uh, Sonic Prime. All right. So next bit of news is that New York City uh, sues Activision, yeah. uh, citing <laughs> that uh, Bobby Kotick uh, wasn't fit. Uh, to sell off uh, the company to Microsoft. Uh, so if you read the article, it's pretty much just about them being like, yeah, um, uh, Bobby Kodak, I don't think he was in a position to sell it to Microsoft. So yeah. uh, that is kind of interesting. And they're pretty much demanding like documents uh, showing mm-hmm. that like other people were potentially interested in buying it, the details of the Microsoft deal itself, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, I mean, you know... Uh, I, how do you add more fire to the already burning building, if you will? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, they make good points where it's like, yeah, they basically they like, had, you know, other motives to sell it because he already knows. Like, well, they, they're trying to figure out if he knew about all the allegations, which he probably definitely did. Um, but he's saying he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so he's saying like, okay, he already knew that this company was going to go down. So he might as well just sell it and, you know, leave a golden parachute and stuff. So now New York is being like, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> like, that's, like, mm-hmm. fucked up. So um, now to try to find the documentation about, like, if he knew about these things, which he probably, again, probably did. Because, um, you know, how, how does he not know about that? I mean, he was the one doing it, too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, de- definitely, uh, yeah, this is a great, like, sort of lawsuit. And hopefully, like, they get something out of this. Because I know a lot of people were angry when Microsoft bought it. Like, you know, it was, like, two sides where... People were happy that Microsoft was probably going to reform Activision Blizzard to be a better company. But it's also annoying that Bobby Kodak is going to like, get off scot-free and stuff like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if New York could at least sue him for just just a little bit of money, just like just some of that vindication of being like, okay, we, we at least got him at something, that would be nice. So hopefully this lawsuit like goes through and like they're able to get him with something because um, yeah, he definitely deserved more of a punishment than just just jumping out of the building with, a, again, a golden parachute and being fine. So yeah, ho- hopefully something comes out of this. <coughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, where am I? Okay. So yeah, Summer Game Fest. Uh, this is uh, what's his face is uh, Jeff Keighley's thing. Yeah. Starting on June 9th, is going to be available in IMAX theaters. 
uh, along with this game, uh, this year's Game Awards. So yeah, uh, if you didn't know what Summer Game Fest is, it's basically Jeff Keighley's like E3 type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the last few years obviously didn't have much in it because E3 was already happening, but now that E3 is dead, it could be that he wants to make Summer Game Fest into it's like basically E3. Uh, at least that's what I think he's gonna do. I, I, I don't think it's ever gonna be as big as E3. Because uh, probably big companies like, well, we left E3, so we wouldn't have to deal with that. Uh, mm-hmm. So no. <laughs> but uh, it, could, it could happen because he, he's been getting a lot of big announcements in the Game Awards. Where I thought the Game Awards had better game announcements than like E3 uh, at some points. Um, so I definitely think Jeff Keighley has more connections than the ESA ever did. So um, I, I definitely think he's he might try to rebrand Summer Game Fest into like E3, <laughs> essentially. Um, mm-hmm. At least that, that's what I've been getting the, uh, the vibe of. Maybe not this year. But probably next year, he definitely wants to like lean in and like get more companies to show off their things in this uh, summer game fest. But um, as of right now, I don't know how well this one's gonna do. Uh, I know the last one was kind of like whatever, so it was like a lot of indie stuff. But um, who knows? Yeah, it could be a rebirth of E3 because I think E3 at this point is kind of dead. <laughs> I don't know if it's coming <laughs> back next year. So yeah. I mean, look, he teased Sonic Frontiers, so you know Sonic Twitter's already <laughs> all on board. They're like, oh, yo, they? Sonic. Oh, shit. I mean, in the in this, uh, I guess the uh, yeah. the tweet, uh, it was like a sizzle reel of like different games and like Starfield, Sonic Frontiers, Star Wars Eclipse, and shit, Eclipso man. Protocol. So <laughs> right, well, hey, look, like, yeah. like, 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 if they show Sonic Frontiers gameplay, everyone's gonna lose their fucking shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. Um, I think that the fact that he's gonna have it in IMAX theaters is gonna be an interesting experience um, personally I'm not gonna be going there cause I feel like if I'm gonna freak out over Sonic I'm gonna do it in my own home so no one's yeah. fucking looking at me judging me like holy shit that guy really loves Sonic um, yeah. but yeah I mean you know if you're interested in something like this obviously you can go to select IMAX theaters within your area and check it out but obviously this event is gonna be streamed worldwide to everyone else so um, yeah and, and I feel like for the Game Awards that might be a little more interesting for IMAX but then again you know they always do special announcements and shit like that so um, yeah I mean I feel like that this is a niche that's like if you want to do it you can but obviously there's still going to be the online thing and it's going to be for free so uh, this is something that if you really really want to do with like your group of friends that are all like super interested within like gaming news and the gaming industry and shit like that so yeah it's um uh, like you said, I think it might be a better idea for the Game Awards. Uh, but even then, they're, like, really long. So I don't oh, yeah. Us, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to stay there for, like, four or three hours, like, watching this. But so, like, I need a pee, and then you, like, run into, like, lobby. And, like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of... I'd rather just watch it at home. And sometimes you have some, like, resident sleeper moments. Just, I'm just, you know, on my phone now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a cool idea, though. I think that that's actually really neat um, uh, of an idea for him to do. So, yeah, kind of, kind of on board on that, but... Just kind of see what the announcements are now, are we? Because <laughs> that's what it always comes down to. <laughs> All right. So next we're going to get into some entertainment news. So first up, details on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse were revealed at CinemaCon. So the first first 15 minutes were shown. I'm not going to say what those were, but you can read the article. Uh, I read some of it and uh, it seems to be pretty cool uh, in terms of what they're doing to open the movie. Uh, there are a thousand people working on this movie, which that's I believe lot. is the biggest animated project to have this many people working on it. So... This shit gonna be pogged. This shit gonna look fucking crazy. They're gonna make sure every single frame is gonna look great. Like <laughs> when you get a frame, you can post it on Twitter and it's fucking art. Um, there's 240 characters. Oh that God. is crazy. Jesus Six universes. Uh, and part two is officially called Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. So uh, that's pretty cool. Instead of just calling it, you know, part one, part two. Obviously, you know, they're doing the sort of Avengers: Infinity War Endgame kind of ordeal. Um, but 
yeah i mean like just details like that i'm pretty excited for it um you know they do have the first 15 minutes done guys so that's that's good Woo! that's good to Let's know go. <laughs> that's good to know um but you know we won't be seeing this movie until sometime next year but it is what it is can't rush perfection as i always say um but yeah i'm i'm still very very excited especially since because just reading the article and seeing what's described as the first 15 minutes was pretty cool opening if i can say that i just um i hope it doesn't i mean this is the issue we always have with the spider-man stuff like the last few ones uh, or like you mm-hmm. know hopefully it doesn't get like too much stuff in it where it just can't do it and i think no way home did it really well like i think it didn't feel too bloated i mean it had a lot going on mm-hmm. but um for the most part, I think they did pretty well. Like, you know, Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2 have that issue. So hopefully, Spider-Verse doesn't have that issue as well, because 240 characters across six universes sounds like a lot. Obviously, most of them are probably going to be for, like, one second, like, cameos or mm-hmm. something. But still, it, it's it's a lot. So hopefully, it all comes down to, like, a nice, like, condensed thing. Because even Spider-Verse 1 had a, a lot of characters. And I was only, like, what, like, seven, like, Spider-Men mm-hmm. or something? Spider-People. So, um... Yeah, ho- hopefully it doesn't run into that like fabled Spider-Man problem having way too much in it because mm-hmm. I love Spider-Verse a lot. So hopefully this could be just as good as the first one, and hopefully the second one is just as good as well. So yeah, definitely looking forward to it because um, the trailer is just oof, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so we got more Spider-Man news. Uh, Venom Three is in the works. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> See, so, yeah, I've yet to watch Spider uh, uh, Venom One or Two because I, I, I don't really care that much. Um, but yeah, it's being on a word. I don't know if they actually said what it's going to be about because I they didn't watch any of them. No, that's mm-hmm. about it. It's just it's happening, which it doesn't surprise me because both Venom movies did like surprisingly really well. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, because it's Venom, people love Venom, uh, especially the second one. It's like, oh, Carnage is in there. Holy shit! And, yeah, <laughs> that, that kind of got butts into C team. Well, I, I don't know if it was in theaters. Was it in the? I, I can't. Remember. Yes, it was. Okay, it was yeah. in theaters. Um, so yeah, like that. That doesn't surprise me at all. Like this is Sony's. Like, like they found something they could really milk, and they're gonna milk the shit out of it. I don't know if they're gonna make more after three. Like they might put them another like non-Avengers stuff. Like be like, here's mm-hmm. our Avengers Sinister Six movie. Here we mm-hmm. go. So yeah, that's probably what's going to end up happening. Um, I guess I could talk about the other thing too. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bad yeah, Bunny it. <laughs> is starring in El Morocco. That that means dead uh, <laughs> movie. So that's a villain in uh, Spider Man. I actually never heard of this villain. No <laughs> one, no, bro, legit. No one's heard of this character. And like he he appeared in two issues of <laughs> of the the Civil War comic. I think uh, I forget exactly which which uh, storyline that he appeared in but pretty much this character has two fucking comics and they're trying to make a movie out of it i think that this shit is hilarious just because they're like i we're gonna cast bad bunny so like we're gonna get seats in this fucking movie either way no matter how good or bad this is because because people are pe- people love bad bunny bro bad bunny is one of the the largest music music artists in the fucking world um so him being as el muerto in this fucking Sony Marvel Spider-Man movie or whatever the fuck is going on, who knows? Okay, I I I feel like every everyone knows that this movie's gonna be bad, but like, there's a slight chance that it can be good. But maybe a sweep, you know? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is kind of crazy that they're just making a movie about this character in particular, especially since everyone's like, we want Amazing Spider-Man three, we want Spider-Man four with Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire back and shit like that, especially since after No Way Home. So, 
yeah, I mean, at this point, it's like Sony's making the wrong movies. They're announcing the wrong movies. It's like, do they even know what they want anymore? If you just want to make money, just try to make those two movies. And then, you know, uh, Andrew Garfield said that he was stepping back from acting. And uh, someone was like uh, shit posting and being like, yeah, he probably saw what Sony was doing with Spider-Man and said, never mind. So, um, but just yeah. Like, like why? <laughs> <laughs> They could get like at least like Craven or something. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, they are working on a Craven movie with uh, Aaron yeah. Johnson, the guy that who played Kick Ass and uh, uh, and um, uh, Quicksilver. So right. that can be good. That could be good. Yeah, it's um, just like um, man, I like this Sony verse has been like very cursed. <laughs> like it's just like like I, I don't know. Like Morbius has definitely been the one that was like, okay, this is kind of shit. <laughs> like, I, I, for some people, Venom could defend it because it's like, oh, you know, it's just a dumb fun movie. Like it's fun. Venom is cool, whatever. But with Morbius, like no one really gave a shit. Everyone just memes on it. It like, did really well. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they're gonna do for for Venom three. Honestly, I really like Venom two more than Venom one just because maybe Carnage had to do with it. That makes sense, yeah. But also because, like, it was a shorter movie, and also I think at that point they knew what they were doing at that point. They were like, all right, well, uh, it's Eddie Brock and the symbiote, and they're, like, a fucking buddy cop, and they're in this, like, really, like, weird relationship, and, like, it's funny to see them bicker and sort of have this, like, internal turmoil with each other. Um, So that's why Venom 2 was so much fun for me personally. Um, And because it was only less than two hours long, the story story was moving pretty fast and sort of, you know, stuff was happening. Um... But with Venom 3, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. I have no idea. What other Venom characters can they pull out? Are they going to do the fucking uh, Donnie Cates sort of uh, new Venom run? I doubt it. Because, like, that shit, that shit's kind of crazy. I'm going to be yeah. honest. Like, the storyline in that comic, like, I've only read the first, like, 20-some-odd issues of that series. And I haven't read it in, like, years at this point. Like, I have issues that I'm just sitting on that I haven't read yet. But people love that version of Venom. And I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do for venom 3 because at this point this venom is like so different from the one in the current comics just because this one's very goofy and very you eddie know Buak. <laughs> eddie Buak jr i'm eddie Buak. <laughs> yeah so I, I don't know like this i i mean if they can't get a spider-man for this sony verse the power are just gonna make venom the hero at this point hey That's look it could it could have been andrew garfield but i'm sure i'm sure he liked that the scripts and was like yeah nah i'm good <laughs> I'm good. I think I'm done. <laughs> no more Spider-Man for me. <laughs> but uh, moving on, we got more Marvel news. John Watts exits uh, the yeah. Fantastic Four movie that he was supposed to direct. Uh, so that's kind of crazy. Um, apparently that he is just stepping away from the whole superhero, um, just directing stuff. I guess after No Way Home, he was like, fuck, this is a bag. All right, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, uh, it could be that. It could, like in the article, it just says like he just got burnt out, which doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me because I feel like if you've been working on these like Spider Man, especially Spider Man, yeah, like I feel like Spider Man also comes with a lot higher expectations from a lot of people. So maybe he felt like he had to make them like as good as he can, and it mm-hmm. probably just took a toll. I mean, especially No Way Home, like that was like like really good. And you know, after that, he's like, I, I basically made like an Avengers movie with Spider Man. <clears throat> so like. Do I really need to make any more? <laughs> Especially, mm-hmm. like, I feel like Fantastic Four probably wants to take a lot out of a person because it's like four superheroes. So, yeah, um, it, it doesn't surprise me that he just wants a break from superhero movies. Like, that doesn't surprise me, and I think he's done a good job with all the Spider-Man, like the newer Spider-Man stuff. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed his work. You know, some people might say otherwise, but you know, I, I've enjoyed it. So, I, I think he deserves sort of a break from superhero stuff. He really feels like he needs to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like you know, John Watts, like as a director, I can't really tell that tell from his directing style because i haven't watched his other movies but 
Um, I know that people who have watched his other movies, you know, they've seen elements that he's done previously in the Spider-Man movies. And yeah, sure. Like, that's kind of cool. But I feel like for the most part, when it comes to like Marvel movies, they want someone that will just listen to what they want. They're like, all right, we want this this movie to be done this way. They're like, all right, cool. Except for James Gunn and Taika Waititi. They're like, all right, guys, just fucking do what you want because you guys obviously know more than we do. So I've been hearing a lot about Doctor Strange being very different as well. Yeah. Probably like we got a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Raimi, uh, I, I will be seeing it tonight, so hopefully yeah. hopefully it lives up to my personal expectations. I've been seeing some tweets here and there. I haven't been reading them because I've been trying to, you know, keep my opinion not, uh, I guess, like, tainted yet. But um, I wonder who's going to introduce the uh, the family of Marvel, you know, Fantastic Four. Uh, right. But I'm also curious who's going to be cast for them because, you know, there's been many, many fan casts with um, uh, Emily Blunt and uh, John Krasinski as, like, uh, Mr. Fantastic and, and Miss Fantastic, which I think those two could be really, really good. Um, but, you know, I know that those two actors don't want to be tied to the whole MCU thing because uh, it is it is a big-ass commitment, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, but then like again, for every movie, yeah. Yeah, it's like, all right, we need you in Avengers. They're like, fuck, all right, I, 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 I guess we got to block out this amount of time for this and this. So um, who knows who, who knows who's going to be casted and shit like that. I've seen a lot of fan castings, and most of them seem to be uh, on the head So uh, in terms of, like, uh, who to be what um but yeah hopefully hopefully when we finally see uh whatever this fantastic four movie is it's going to be cool whoever directs it next i hope that it is going to be exciting because i still remember when dr strange 2 lost this director was like oh shit like that guy that guy's really good with like horror and stuff and then they fucking got sam raimi and i was like i like this is this is hype now so (laughs) um but yeah you know john watch you know take a break do what you gotta do um but yeah we just got the win see for what happens next for the fantastic four all right. So speaking of like, I guess delays and stuff. So the Mario <laughs> movie has been delayed to April seventh of two thousand twenty-three. So I, I believe this is like basically a year delay. Um, and uh, it's actually four months because it's supposed to come out later this year. Uh, right. It was supposed to be um, December, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, apparently I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently it was leaked that it was supposed to be a musical, <laughs> and um, like <laughs> the, the, the test screenings apparently really didn't like it and thought it sucked. <laughs> So um, apparently, like they just didn't like that, and like decided to be like, okay, we're gonna like do something else. I I don't know how true that is, because <laughs> that's what mm-hmm. I've heard everywhere. Uh, but yeah, that sounds pretty like not great. And also, apparently, uh, Chris Pass was have a Brooklyn accent, <laughs> so you know, oh, supposed boy. to do like, ah, it's me, Mario's. <laughs> oh like, no! So that Twitter video he did, he was like, that's not yeah, actually that, my voice, but it was his voice. I yeah, mean, it's a, it's a me, Mario. So. <laughs> 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 so yeah, apparently that's what's been going down with this movie. Uh, I I feel like this movie is definitely going to be worse than the Sonic movie because I, mm-hmm. I it feels a lot more like uh, what's the word Cor- corporate? Like it feels yeah, like corporate. More... Like Nintendo has like I guess a little more control in terms of like what they want instead of just letting the people who love and who love these characters do what they want kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean Illumination has always been kind of like more cookie cutter like. Oh, we make animated movies <laughs> like the minions <laughs> and stuff. Like, I mean, I like Despicable Me one. I thought that was good, but like for the most part, they've been pretty like safe. Like, what was the other one they did? Like, like Secret Life of Pets or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's been very safe, family friendly movies with some jokes for adults or whatever. 
But yeah, I feel like this movie is just gonna end up being pretty generic, like in general, um, which is unfortunate because I feel like there's like kind of a lot you could do with like Mario stuff, like in terms of like cool things. Like, I mean, the Mario RPGs did really well because they were able to come up with like unique ideas for them, even though it's like, oh, Mario in an RPG, that how the hell is that gonna work? And you know, they made it work. So I feel like Mario as a movie doesn't feel as far fetched either. Uh, but I think Sonic just has more to work with in terms of storylines and stuff. And I think Sonic just has a more devoted fan base in general. So it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me that uh, directors and stuff would be a little more passionate about it than Mario, maybe. Because, like, oh, he jumps on turtles. So, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, uh, I don't know how this movie's going to... I think it's going to end up a lot worse than Sonic, though. That's just how I'm feeling. Yeah, Which and I feel weird. like... Um, <laughs> what's it called? Like, with the actors, you know? Like, the Mario movie's just a bunch of... Fucking A-list yeah. actors, yeah. It's like fucking Chris Pratt. You got fucking Char- Charlie Day and shit like that. Fucking Jack Black. Like, I'm sure that these people love Mario to like a certain extent. But when it comes to like comparatively to the Sonic movie, I'm sure Ben Schwartz was fucking ecstatic to be yeah. voicing Sonic and shit like that. So Plus, a lot of them weren't like big name actors. Like the only big name actor in the Sonic movie was like Idris Elba. <laughs> like, yeah. like Jim Carrey. Like you know he like in the 90s. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah, yeah. They, they got a lot of like you know people that seem a little more passionate i mean they kept tales as voice actress like that that's something that's like really cool like i've been saying because like they were just like got rid of her for like some other celebrity but no they yeah. just kept her there because that's tales got zendaya fuck it now i'm playing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's really cool that they like want to keep it more authentic like okay these are these characters in this like thing so uh and the mario movie i don't think we're gonna get that it's just gonna be like here's a bunch of celebrities doing like mario and luigi i mean mm-hmm. charlie day as luigi is pretty sick but like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's kind of like you know just still whatever <laughs> yeah i mean like if they got delayed they got delayed i'm sure that they wanted to hit it for christmas because it's like i want to go see the mario movie for christmas like parents are like shit that's a cheap gift let's go <laughs> um cool. but now it's gonna come out in early next year so um hopefully it still does well i mean miyamoto said in a statement that uh they decided to push it uh and you know his deepest apologies but i promise it will be be worth the rate uh i'm sure you know after the last mario movie they were like fuck we gotta make sure this shit's right but um if the whole like rumors of the test screenings with the musical thing are true oh boy oh boy oh boy it's gonna Um, be a fun time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, honestly i feel like when most people think of a mario movie they just want to like a sort of like adventure movie with like funny jokes and shit like that with like mario characters and you know trying to say princess peach or whatever you know nothing nothing too deep and nothing too crazy you know a, a whole ass musical you getting chris pratt to sing as mario that that's crazy um but yeah obviously we still know nothing about this just because like we talked about previously nintendo's very secretive and very hush hush about what they do with everything but one of these days something's gonna leak something's gonna fucking leak so uh but we're just gonna have to wait and see yeah i can't wait for it it's gonna be such a shit show <laughs> <laughs> next thing we got here is the probably the final obi-wan kenobi uh disney plus series trailer so this trailer we actually get to see a little bit of darth vader so that's pretty pog that was pretty fucking cool um this is 100 percent the most hyped up uh star wars show by far even like past the mandalorian when people were watching the mandalorian they didn't know how good that shit was gonna be yeah people have expectations for this show including myself because yeah. uh if you're a star wars fan you probably watch the clone wars you probably watch obi-wan and anakin grow more together and see that relationship foster um and now you know it's after order 66 it's been 10 years after those events and you get to see obi-wan you know sort of just you know walking around you know trying to <laughs> trying to be the uh the uh, jedi master that he is and you know you have the this is still trying to find him because he's fucking hiding um obviously for a good reason so um 
I believe this is another six episode Disney Plus yeah, series. Six so, episodes, yeah. um, hopefully, there's a there's there's enough content to satisfy everyone. I feel like if every single episode's a banger, then they've done they've done their job. You know, um, apparently there's gonna be a fight with Darth Vader and Obi Wan. So when that fight comes on, everyone's gonna lose their mind on the fucking timeline. One hundred percent. That's gonna be cool because um, you know, in the original trilogy. When they Obi Wan and Darth Vader fight, it's very not good because it was like the first <laughs> lightsaber duel ever. So it's very slow and not very exciting. So it's gonna be cool to see like a more energetic version of that, you know? Because you know, mm-hmm. you feel With like the actual anic- choreography. Yeah, we're actually like obviously not as crazy as Revenge of the Sith where they're doing like flips and shit like everywhere. There's probably gonna be a little more grounded than that, but I, I feel like an actual fight between Darth Vader and uh, Obi Wan is gonna be really cool just because, you know, Anakin should be very pissed at him. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I feel like we never really got that in the original trilogy, obviously, because it like have the prequels written out. But um, now with all that context from the Clone Wars and the prequels and all that, uh, I feel like we could have a more like uh, I guess emotional version of this. Um, so yeah, that, that I think that's gonna be pretty sick if we could see that. Um, also like the choice of music they did in this trailer was really good as well. Um, and just making Darth Vader like this like threatening force is like really nice. I think the that's like probably the one thing that I think no one could disagree with is uh, in the more recent Star Wars stuff is um, I think there's a, a good job with Darth Vader making him feel like this like like impossible OP character. Like every time he walks on screen, <laughs> he's just like, oh shit. Uh, I don't know. Did you beat um? Did you beat uh? What was the game? Uh, for I always forget the name. Last Force Awakened uh, Jedi. <laughs> oh, uh, Fallen Order. Fallen Order. There you go. Did you beat that? No, but okay. I've... I won't. I won't. I won't say anything then. But there's a point where it's like, oh shit. So yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they they do good. They do good with that sort of stuff. So yeah, I'm really happy to like see that still going. But yeah, um, hopefully it doesn't like. I know the Boba Fett. I need to watch Boba Fett still. But I know like you don't need that, to. It's I fine. know. I, I kind of <laughs> do because they. I know some parts are kind of gonna be important for Mandalorian season three. I know I could probably just skip the rest and just watch those two episodes or something. But mm-hmm. I still probably have to watch it just like in principle. So, but hopefully don't drop the ball like that. Hopefully it's like a consistent banger, like you said. Because uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think we both love Obi Wan. Like we you know we like that dynamic with Anakin and Obi Wan. So seeing them sort of like. I guess reconnects not really because you know they hate each other <laughs> but it's yeah gonna be, well i guess anakin does but yeah gonna, <laughs> i think it's gonna be i think hopefully it's good <laughs> look if there's anyone who hates star wars more it's the fucking fans yeah, so basically yeah. um <laughs> if this shit flops it's over it's 100 yeah. percent over but yeah. i got faith that it's not I have a feeling that they know the stakes for this show. They know how important Obi-Wan and this story with Anakin, how important this shit is to the fans that they are hopefully trying their damnedest to not fuck it up. Yeah. And Disney <laughs> that, must know that. That is my like, hope. That is my only hope. Yeah. Cause I know like, it's really only like Mandalorian that people really, really enjoy from the Disney, like the new Disney stuff. So mm-hmm. like they kind of been bad. And that's out. a whole new character. And that's yeah, a whole that's new a whole, sort that's of a, yeah, you know, man, side story. Man, yeah, like, he's, like, a whole new thing. So, um, if they fuck this up, uh, I feel like they're never going to hear the end of it. Like, people are very, really obnoxious <laughs> with the sequels, like, saying how bad they are. Like, that would be times 10 if this show's bad. So, hopefully it's not. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, like, when uh, when any, when any anything comes out and people are, are fucking hating it, years later, it's like, man, I love Spider-Man 3 by Sam Raimi. It's like, do you, though? <laughs> I remember, like, I remember when the prequels came out, everyone hate them. And now everyone's saying they're the best things ever. And, like, they're not... <laughs> Like, I, I like a lot of things about the prequels, but, like, the acting mm-hmm. and, like, just the overall movie quality is, like, yeah, not great. Like, the fights are cool. I like a lot of the world building and, like, all the things they set up, but, like, the movies themselves are still, like, pretty bad. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess I'll take the helm for okay. this last story. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the Washington Post published a story about uh, TSM. Um, they yeah. are a they are. I believe it was just reported that they're still the largest esports organization by like the dollar value, like by a long shot too. Um, so yeah, uh, apparently uh, there are some some things going on with uh, the CEO, uh, with contractors and and uh, employees, even even people higher up are at risk of getting fired if they if they step on the the uh, wrong toes of Reggie. So um, yeah, and. I mean, as a person who's been following TSM since I got into League, which was 2014, uh, TSM was the first team I followed uh, a lot. That was when they got Bjergsen and Wild yeah. Turtle and X Special. Uh, I remember all that. I remember yeah, that. <laughs> odd One Diaries. Like that was that was my TSM yeah. roster, and you know I followed TSM through through and through. You know, um, and then uh, most recently this this last split where they got like all of those like Chinese players and shit like that, and like it was Spica who. Who he or or Huni, um, tactical and then and then and then the uh, the imports. I was like, I'm not really a big fan of TSM, and also with the whole like controversies and like Double F, Double F, who who's also a legacy player on TSM, straight up came out and was like, Yeah, Reggie's a fucking asshole. <laughs> While still signed with TSM, he straight up said that. I was like, What the fuck? Um, obviously, like he's not just saying this shit just to say it. Like he obviously has reasons to say it. So and, and it's. It's it's obviously showing with this uh, Washington Washington Post article, people being like, um, yeah, like if you ask the wrong question, you may get fired. Like, yeah. um, and like, uh, there's there's a quote here that I'm gonna that I am going to read. Uh, that was when Andy told the whole company that the HR person was let go because he asked a question that Andy didn't like. Said a former TSM employee. I think he realized how ridiculous it sounded, so he followed up by saying, "Well, he asked two questions that I didn't like. No one wants to ask questions after that. Yes, one hundred percent. No matter what environment you're in, if you ask a question and then the response is you're fired or." Or like you're stupid and you're dumb. You're not gonna fucking ask questions. Obviously, that's why teachers say there's no dumb questions. But sometimes there are dumb questions in reality. Um, yeah. But you know that just because someone asks a dumb question doesn't mean like they're trying to they're trying to push your buttons. You know, like when they're working for you, they're trying to make sure that they're doing what they what you want, right? And like there's a later part and in, in this article where like people are working and like they're fucking like putting in hours and hours and hours and then like. And he's like, I don't want this. It's like, what the fuck, bro? What do you want, bro? So, you know, it's sort of like this game of them trying to play, like, uh, what is he thinking? What does he actually want? Like, he told us to do this, but what does he actually want? So mm-hmm. it seems like there's a reason why Lena left TSM, Double F left TSM, Myth left TSM, Bjergsen left TSM. All of these, like, legacy TSM names just left. And, like, honestly, like, today, like, the only TSM thing that I follow is the Valorant team because I love Sobroza and I love the the uh, new players that they picked up with Rossi and Corey and even the uh, the the other two with Seven and uh, GMD like those players are fucking cracked out of their minds and they are super fun to watch and I'm I'm happy that they qualified but you know TSM as an organization obviously like they're fucking huge they're fucking big and there's a reason why people don't speak out and retaliate against TSM because you know 
if you get fired from TSM, it's like, well, what happened there? You know, sort of thing. Like, word gets around, the other orgs are going to hear from Andy himself. Be like, yeah, no, no, no. That guy's a shit worker. So, like, now they can't even find another job within the space of esports because that's what they want to work in. So, you kind of just have to take it. Take it to the chin and just sort of, like, deal with it. Which is why a lot of these statements are sort of, like, anonymous and they, and, and they don't want to, like, put their name out there. Um, but, yeah. I mean, like... I've always known that Reginald was a fucking, you know, yeah. asshole. So. I was about to say that, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't think it was, like... I think it was pretty well known that Reggie was always kind of, like you said, like an asshole. Um, just throughout the years. Like, even, yeah, I also follow TSM, like, back then, when I was, like, playing League and stuff. You know, like, the original team roster is kind of what I remembered, like, pretty fondly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Reggie was always the one, like, he was always, like, yelling and, like, being a weirdo. <laughs> like, you know, he's always, like, really <laughs> aggressive about a lot of things. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of, like, like you, could, you shouldn't do that. So as TSM grew, it makes sense that maybe his ego grew. Uh, maybe he felt like, you know, like he always had a competitive spirit, like he said in the articles, like, oh, I hate to lose and stuff. But, you know, when you're like a CEO of a company, you're supposed to be like way more reserved. You're supposed to collect yourself. You're supposed to like direct a bunch of things at once. And yeah, that's probably stressful. But I feel like yelling at your employees and making them quit with like high turnover rates probably isn't the best thing to be doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, we see the same thing with contractors with like Nintendo, where we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, where they treat like shit, they get, you know, they'll get the benefits or whatever. Reggie still yells at them like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with the no questions where no one could say anything while being feared getting fired. Even the article says, even if you're like a higher up person, you basically could get fired too. It's like, <laughs> like a lot of the, um, managers and stuff they said only last like the shortest one lasted for like four months until they they quit um which is like outrageous um you think with such a high turnover rate they really would look at themselves and be like okay what's going on here but it seems like reggie has a bit of an ego and like doesn't want to admit like he's really the issue here um when almost everyone at tsm is saying yeah he's basically the issue here i was just probably a lot of underlying issues as well but it seems like a lot of this article is focused on reggie himself being like no one wants to talk to him because <laughs> he would just yell at you and like make you feel like shit like publicly too like there's a lot of things in the article that says he publicly shames people like over on discord or slack and things like that which is just super unprofessional like i don't care like where you are like you shouldn't be publicly i mean you shouldn't be shaming anyone in in general but publicly shaming people is always like what are you doing you know so and like people were so scared to talk to reggie one-on-one the article also states that people had to like double up it's like hey, yo yeah. bro you got a Do meeting with reggie yeah yeah, yeah 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 we gotta we gotta do this shit together bro so like he doesn't yell at like both of us when we're both there you know yeah um which is also fucking crazy it's like you're that scared to talk to like your boss or whatever like you know i'm i'm sure that you know me and david both work part-time jobs when i have to yeah. talk to like my i guess like store manager it's not like you know i'm scared of him it's just that i don't talk to him that much so it's like yeah. you know and like i know that he has the power to fire me so obviously mm-hmm. like there, there's a power that that, there's a power dynamic there, but I'm not afraid to like, if there was something like really big and like a big issue, like, or like a question that I had that was like important that only he could answer, I wouldn't be afraid to ask. But then again, you know, there's people below him that, you know, I can ask those questions hopefully, you know, freely and not, you know, get fired for them. So, um, but yeah. And then like the whole thing with contractors, once again, you know, we see people working hours and hours and hours on end. And like, it seems like that, they are in violation of a California law where there has to be like three things that are oh, yeah. met where like contractors are supposed to be uh, free to work whenever they want sort of on their own schedule. And like, obviously they treat them like full-time employees, which, yeah. you know, that can be a big thing. That can be a huge fucking lawsuit and a huge law that TSM broke um, intentionally, unintentionally, doesn't really matter. They broke that law. So yeah, I mean, 
it sucks because like this is sort of like when you look at esports working in esports as a whole is sort of like a circus in a sense because it's kind of like all right like hopefully uh i can i can pay my bills and especially since because like the amount that they were getting paid um was under five thousand dollars below the minimum uh for for designated contractors 54k is a lot of money but then again you're living in fucking california yeah <laughs> you know yeah. Rent, the cost of living rent, is way higher yeah rent could be 5k alone yeah. so like you know paying below that is still kind of crazy so it just seems like that they're that TSM just like behind the scenes is just doing a lot of shady shit. So, yeah, again, whenever they have the contractors basically do a full time employee's job uh, and just don't get any of the benefits or anything, that's always going to be like, yeah, that's a little, that's a little sus. <laughs> Especially when Reggie's still yelling at them anyway. So, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> so, yeah, it really seems like just like a whole issue here. I think it, it really just comes down to like Reggie, like being kind of a dickhead and not really taking any criticism and just firing anyone that asks dumb questions and stuff, which is like, like, you know, obviously not a way to run a business or anything. I'm surprised he even made it this far, <laughs> like, like being like that. Um, you know, he says he has a high standard of work and stuff, but you know, later in the article, people say he has like an impossible standard of work where nothing's really good enough. And like you said, like, he's like Oh, you got to read his mind. Like he doesn't just tell you, like, you just have to like make sure the results are good. Um, yeah. which is obviously impossible. Like a, a boss or CEO should just tell you like what they want and then you just make it for them and then they should just be happy with it. Um, you know, and if you, and need then to, if they're not, you criticize in, yeah. a, in a civil way that's that, not that, yelling at them and scrutinizing them in front of everyone. Yeah. Cause that's like what a kid does. Like, like you're supposed to like, <laughs> like here's your feedback. Like you write it down and be like, okay, I kind of want it like this. And they'd be like, okay, well, we'll get that done for you. Like obviously there's going to be deadlines and stuff and things are going to get crazy anyway. But I feel like the added stress of like your CEO always yelling at you and shit isn't going to help. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but again, we, if, you know, we both followed TSM for a while, like back in the day. And, um, it was already kind of known that Reggie was kind of an asshole. So this, this, <laughs> this behavior, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't this doesn't seem too surprising. Yeah, and um, uh, I, I was very surprised when like Double first came out, and like a lot of the players were like, yeah, nah, that never happened to me. I was like, Wild Turtle, there's literally footage of you <laughs> getting yelled at by Reggie, and you were just sitting there and and like, especially was like trying to like defend for you and shit like that. I was like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just them trying to secure their future within esports being like hey you know like you know tsm they're cool (laughs) (laughs) but obviously you know like with stories like this coming out and maybe even like legal you know fucking ramifications because they literally broke some laws according to this story you know we just have to wait and see exactly what happens with tsm and in its capacity because like 100 thieves 100 thieves came in like maybe five years ago something like that and like they were they were ranked number two in like high in in like dollar value within like esports teams but then again like they sell like merch and like a lot of content uh or not sell content but you know they make a lot of content and they have a lot of big names on on the org and shit like that so um yeah you know this could this could be the start of the the downfall of tsm because they literally took like ninth place in the lcs last split so Oof. yeah really fucking bad so um i'm sure i'm sure andy andy was not happy with uh, those results but um yeah you know will i continue to support tsm i have not support tsm in a while if if i'm cheering for the valorant team it's because i'm cheering for the players not necessarily for the org um i feel like it's been a while since i've cheered for the org um just because of what happened at worlds with bjergsen and dovelift and you know that i didn't pan out so well so you know uh it is what it is um 
Yeah, I, I feel like that's like I mean I feel like that's the case for most sports things. At a certain point, you're probably just cheering for the players at that point because that's what mm-hmm. you really. I mean, it's kind of like what I was saying with the Twitch streamers and stuff. Like, you know, they're in this organization, you know, they're in this team, but you're mostly cheering for that player at that point or a group of players because uh, you like them, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of why like all that matters because wasn't um <laughs> I forgot Double F was like what? Where was he originally? He wasn't in TSM. Like uh, Double F was, was on the rival uh, LCS team CLG, and then oh, he CLG, joined right, TSM. Yeah. Because uh, CLG didn't want him anymore, so then he was like, "I'll join TSM." Because TSM is fucking Bjergsen, and Bjergsen's insane. Yeah. Um, and then he went to Team Liquid because right. TSM didn't want Double If anymore. Um, and then Team Liquid uh, was finding success with Tactical, uh, so they didn't see a need to have a Double If. So, and then it was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go back to TSM because the ADC that they had, Kabi, I felt." I felt bad for Kavi, honestly. My man, my man came from EU, joined TSM, one split, didn't go so well. He gets kicked. I'm like, fuck, man. Gone. He didn't even play that bad. Like he was, he was a pretty good AD carry. But um, and then you know they bring in Double because they already had Biofrost again. So uh, and then they had Spica and Broken Blade, and then they made that loser's bracket run to Worlds, which was fucking insane. Um, but and then after that they got 06 at Worlds, so they didn't win a single game. So. <laughs> A lot of stuff happened there. And then I think after that, Double Have wanted to play for TSM still, but uh, there was like this whole like drama with, with him like uh, trying to like figure out like what the team was and like Reggie needed like an answer right then and there. Like there, that's a whole other sort of like drama there. Yeah. Um, but pretty much he wanted to play for TSM, but uh, Reggie kind of forced him to retire because Double Have's not going to join a fucking eighth place LCS team just to play, you know? Like he. Right. He wants to play to win, and obviously, like a lot of these tier one orgs already secured their ADC players, so um, it sort of forced him into retirement. But it it seems like he's enjoying content creation uh, still, especially since because he's just able to just freely talk about stuff, uh, co-stream the uh, the LCS broadcast whenever that happens over the weekend, and yeah, you know. So this is a maybe, nice way to chill, man. Like be a pro <laughs> player, just be a streamer, like, and then you're fine. Yeah, I mean, you know. It, may have been meant to happen but obviously like he wanted to still continue playing because he is still like pretty good like honestly i think that uh if he wanted to come back he could but obviously he just needs the right team around that uh you know environment and shit like that but yeah it is what it is um i wonder what's gonna happen with tsm from here on out but obviously people are not looking them in the brightest of lights and it's nothing to do with the players so like anyone that's rooting for you know tsm apex i know that they're pretty good i know tsm rainbow six they're pretty good as well uh don't put it against them uh it's 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 got nothing to do with them they're just playing the game (laughs) yeah again like it's mostly about the organization and mostly about reggie which yeah like that's hopefully they could fix that but i feel like it's gonna be hard just because he's like one of the ceo so um Mm -hmm. i feel like something will happen but you know probably not for a little bit (laughs) not till they figure out like restructuring and stuff which is always like a pain yeah uh but is there anything else you'd like to add good sir uh no i think that's everything all right. Uh, well, one last thing. Uh, fucking FaZe doesn't have a G Fuel sponsor anymore. I, I think I, they I went just, to Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I think they went to Ghost Gaming or some shit. But that's pretty cool. Um, but also kind of surprising because I feel like when I associate FaZe Clan uh, or when I associate G Fuel, I think of FaZe Clan. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it, it, it seems kind of weird that they ended that partnership after so long. But Yeah, that, that seems weird, right? Like I feel like they're like both branded together at this point. Like, it's mm-hmm. like yeah, this is the ultimate gamers and like G Fuel. <laughs> so yeah, that does feel kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, so thank you guys for watching this episode of the Travis and Damien podcast. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. Oh, yeah. Later.